Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to episode 511, I believe. I just started there, we didn't actually confirm the episode number, of uh, Film Bastards. This is a special episode, Your Mother Sucks Cocks in Hell, an <laughs> exorcist retrospective. With me, your host, Ian Loring, and as always, I'm joined by... Becky Foster, hello everybody. I'm Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello, hello, one and all, we hope you are well. Okay, yeah, so... It's an Exorcist uh, retrospective. I'm not entirely sure we'll do much else. Um, could probably just save what what we've been watching and whatnot for next week, maybe. Because we've got. I'd say we do that. Yeah. Yeah, we've essentially got six main reviews, and there's been trailers and stuff as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's do that. Like, I've got a few things I could talk about, but we could just push to next week. And also, actually, one of them was totally killer, which I'm assuming we'll just review next week. Yeah. Yeah, we'll give that a go, can't we? Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, nice one. Um, so, uh, we are a pod syndicate podcast, uh, so please do listen to other like-minded shows such as Tin Stroker vs. Punter, The Rewatch Project, um, Gaming Land, Phil, The Good, The Bad, The Odd, and um, others. And if you're wondering why I might sound a little bit weird, it is because I am recording inside a room in a villa in Portugal and I don't have my normal mic. Uh, so hopefully this is coming out okay. Um, I don't know what the room's like for sound or anything, but um, yeah, I don't know. There's not much background noise as far as I can tell, but um, I don't know, like the villa opposite us was like playing what was essentially like a noughties new metal playlist last night <laughs> from about seven. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I was quite enjoying it, actually, I won't lie. And it's like, it, it's it's not, it, it, it's relatively touristy around here, but it's not like it's just full of like old tourists or something like that. So I don't know, it was kind of nice just having that kind of sign of life around here um i must say it's um makes a difference from when i go to my mum's place in spain it's like half the people who live around there basically look like they're about to die um so yeah there's that um mark and becky have just been away if you follow us on twitter slash x whatever you want to call it there's some exclusive footage of their holiday yeah um not in a one night in paris sense um <laughs> Uh, just some remarkable scenes. Uh, so I, I would recommend uh, give us a, give us a follow over there and on Instagram as well, just at Film Bastards. We don't really pimp that ever. So uh, there, there we go. Um, okay, movie news. Let's 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 see if there's been some movie news uh, to discuss. Um, so the actor strike's not over yet. They're meeting every other day, um, mm. but it just seems to uh, keep on keeping on um, yeah I don't, I don't know A24 oh. of today said that they're mm. going to branch out into more um, kind of big appeal movies and, um, and stronger IP movies hmm which it's a strange one. Really, that. So what is it they've said? I sort of think... 
Uh, A24 is reportedly searching for action and big IP projects in an effort to expand into more commercial films. Isn't that whole thing that... Like, they make indie stuff. Good, interesting... Maybe they want to make good, interesting indie action films. If they're going for mainstream appeal, though, it's... Let's see. You know, they've... They've previously spent like over a hundred million dollars on movies before. Yeah. You know, let's see what they can do with something a little bit different. They've previously spent over a hundred million dollars on a movie. Yeah, one, um, The Northman. I mean, that was with Universal as well, to be fair. I would think that this will probably be what it is. It'll be in, it'll be in collaboration with other studios, won't it? Yeah, I don't, it, I, I'm a little bit worried because A24 just seemed to be a brand as much as anything else oh, yeah. now and man do they need to be careful going down that kind of road you know like I, I feel like if Letterboxd didn't exist then A24 wouldn't have half the following it does um, I, I love me some Letterboxd I'm a little bit worried about them getting sold to some investment firm um, that was announced last week as well, actually. Yeah. Um, even though apparently the guys who like founded it will still play a part, it's a little bit. Hmm. What does this mean then? Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Do, does I, it I, does it mean that it's literally going to end up getting linked with something else? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quite. And I don't know. I think A twenty four need to be careful. They've they've cultivated their brand pretty damn well. Um, and yeah, I just tread tread carefully like making a splashy thing about it feels a bit odd mm. but then maybe i don't know maybe they're also like seeking investment or something and it's a way of turning some heads that's it it could just be that yeah it's an interesting one that i was just going to um raise the jada pinkett smith interview that just came out where it's like yeah i haven't been rom- romantically involved with will for about 20 years um, yeah, it's, it's it's you get the feeling at some point, like it, he he's gonna come out and go, look, this, I've I've not had a good twenty years. This has been horrible. <laughs> he 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 looks a little bit broken recently. And when I say recently, I mean like recent years. <laughs> Man, there's a part of me that just. Well, yeah, I want Will Smith to be get better, and I want him to be happy, you know. And it, but that that feels, yeah, I don't know. That feels like a. We don't need to like talk about it too much. It's just like there's a bit of a dearth of movie news generally, as as far as I can see. Um, but yeah, there, there, there we go. Like, there is a little bit of. So. You're quite. They're quite. You know, she. Jennifer Smith is quite vocally critical of people talking about her private life, mm. um, and you know, he's quite vocally critical of saying, you know, people should stay out of my business. But then she literally, right. like, periodically every six months, dumps her purse out. Mm. <laughs> but not even hers. She like she grabs her children's and wills and dumps yeah. them on the table too, yeah. and then she goes, "Look at all of this." And then when people go. What is that? She goes, well, no, I didn't mean that. You can't look at that. Mm. That makes me look bad. Or, she seems or like it'll be such like, a horrible person. 
Yeah. Just a straight up mm. fucking horrible person. And like, if they have been separated for like seven years. What the fuck is that? Oh, it's the biscuit thing. Sorry, sorry, Ian. Um, a random noise from like in the hallway. No, I could hear it. I thought the cat was playing with something. No, so we got. It's the auto feeder. It's, it's the magic ball redux. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That really scared me. Like, why? Like, the, he can't be getting anything out of that. <laughs> no. No. Poor fucking I know, guy. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. He. <laughs> like the, the the Chris Rock thing was hugely inappropriate. He's not my favourite person in the whole wide world, but he looks he does he looks fucking beaten down, and he has done for a while. He looks like a haunted man. Possibly because his wife keeps on talking about all the ones that got away. Yeah, she's just such a bitch, isn't she? <laughs> to him specifically. Yeah. Mm. Also, the fact that she was like, "Oh, I thought the slap was a skit at first as well." No, 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 no you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's very much a. No one believes you. Just no one believes you. Yeah, yeah. Any, anyway, anyway, yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, tell you what. Let's talk some maybe trainers. there's maybe there's something Ooh. in there like there's a prenup where if there's infidelity on on her part she gets nothing because like has she earned any of her own money in recent years? I mean, she has that podcast, well, doesn't yeah. she? Red Sweat Table Talk. Yeah, mm. but she won't earn money off that. Yeah, she will. Money. Sponsorship, she will. Oh yeah, probably. But still, like, there the, there might be something, and it's quite widely known that there has been, isn't it? I I, I I mean to speculate on people's like that but the speculation is that they, that they have an agreement <laughs> yeah mm. it's just weird okay. it is, stuff will come out about that relationship one day oh yeah well she's got yeah. a memoir coming out hasn't she that's why she's been doing the round <laughs> I mean out. honestly I don't fucking like biographies but <laughs> There might be some good shit in there. <laughs> I, I have a feeling it might be quite one-sided. Well, yeah. <laughs> she probably made Will narrate it. <laughs> 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 she, just, she narrates it all, apart from he has to do the voices of all the other people that she's had sex with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As <on>. impressions. <laughs> Trailers, my word. Um, so, yeah, there's been quite a lot. And... You know, I mean, I, I suppose, like, to lead in, there was a very short teaser for Kevin Costner's Horizon, an American saga, mm. um, which, which he's co-written with John S. Baird, who directed Filth and Tetris. Yeah. Which is... That's a, a weird a, one. Inter- interesting combination. And it's part one, June, if I remember correctly, part two, August... There's going to be a part three, but that like no date's been announced, and apparently the whole thing all in is going to be about eleven hours long, and there are over a hundred and seventy speaking roles. Kevin Costner, goddamn, like that one shot of you on the horse and shooting, cool. You've taken that Yellowstone money. You've gone up yours, Taylor Sheridan. I'm gonna do my own thing, and. I, I I wish it all the luck in the world, quite frankly. What a treat it will be if Kevin Costner 
just makes like a real classic Western trilogy now. Mm. It's bonkers, isn't it? And you know, I mean, he's bringing back people like Jeff Fire, Will Patton's going to be in it as well. Um, There's a lot of like character. Danny Houston's there. I just yeah. I feel like I feel like it's going to make so much money, like it's in America anyway. Like just the Yellowstone of it all, mm. like the way that guy has just re rebuilt himself, um, or built himself back up. It, it, I, I, I don't know, man. Like Horizon and American Saga, like that. Like and I think self financed, if I remember correctly. Like that is some just real. Billy Big Bollocks stuff, and you have to respect it. I I hope it. I hope it pulls off. I, I hope mean, it's good. Originally, but... this because this has been he wanted. Start that again. He's been wanting to make this since like I think the, like the late eighties. Mm. I think he wanted to make this before Dances with Wolves. Um, and Disney originally were going to do it, um, but it just. It, it just kept on growing and growing and growing. So he ended up making other bits in between. Then he was going to make it when he did open range, but didn't have the... Just couldn't quite work out the scope for it. And it's just kept on growing. And eventually he's now decided, do you know what? If I don't make this now, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to age out and I'm never <laughs> going to make it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just... I mean... Kevin Costner's an incredibly wealthy man <laughs> to an incredible level. And he's thought, he's, he, like you say there, he's putting his money where his mouth is and got a couple of distributors on board, but he's going to, like, essentially help finance his own mega movie. Fair play. Love it. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, teaser trailer for Leave the World Behind. One of the big Netflix Christmas ones. Did you guys see this? I didn't see this one, no. So this is written and directed by Sam Esmail, who was the guy who basically like show ran and created and whatnot, Mr. Robot. Oh that, yeah. um the show with uh, Rami Malik and Christian Slater. Yeah. Um so this this looks alright. It just looks like some sort of apocalypse thing happens and these four people have to deal with it. It's um Ethan Hawke, Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, and uh, someone else, and I can't remember who. Um, but Kevin Bacon is also in it, um, and yeah, this this looks this looks decent. Um, this, oh god, who the bloody hell is it? Hang on, I need to find this out now. It's going to bother me. Go on. Yeah, there's Mahershala Ali. There's Julia Roberts. Leave the world behind. Oh, uh, okay. My Hala, who I, I don't know who that is, so I don't know what I was thinking about there, so apologies. But, um, yeah, this looks like some good, classy, end-of-the-world stuff. Um, looks like it's going to be more drama than, like, horror-y. And, mm. uh, yeah, like I say, Netflix on, um, in December. Cool. Netflix have got a lot coming up, haven't they? <laughs> Uh yeah yeah they are just absolute yeah a- absolute ton. It feels like Amazon Prime have slowed down a little bit. Like Amazon Studios isn't doing as much. Or I mean, like t- 
in I don't know whether they're Amazon Studios now or Amazon MGM Studios. I will say we will do Totally Killer next week. But seeing the MGM logo with an Amazon company under it, and then the title card Amazon MGM Studios present, just felt very weird. That's a that's a lot of words, that isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but like it's like when the next Bond comes out, and Amazon is on it. <laughs> yeah. When the next Bond comes out and it opens up with the new Bond being delivered to fucking MI5 via an Amazon Prime delivery. Oh, God. <laughs> like, like, thankfully, Eon have got enough, I think, have got enough sway to go, no, you're not having him talk to Alexa. Even though I say that, the teaser trailer for that 007 game show thing came out yeah with uh brian cox as someone and yeah i mean i don't know it ip's ip but it is a bit depressing um but anyway what's i talking about amazon yeah so like it feels like they, they're ramping down a little bit but then netflix have, have got a lot and apple have as well yeah you know so um i mean like netflix have also got um pain hustlers yeah. Um, so, trailer for this came out. As long as this is going to be as acidic as it looks like it's going to be, I think I'm in. I'm a little bit worried that it's going to go. We're putting a face up to a mirror up to society. Do you like what you see? I don't. I don't want that. I want the Wolf of Wall Street of Big Pharma. I'm not entirely sure David Yates is the man to do that, but I'm kind. I'm actually based on this trailer. I'm kind of looking forward to him giving it a shot. I'm intrigued more than interested, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, look, I mean, it's on Netflix. You know, the the, the, the just watch it on Netflix. The, the, this is David Yates thing. He's making me go. All right, that's interesting that that guy's doing that movie. <laughs> Hey, look, I mean, before he did the, the Potter films, he, he directed State of Play. Yeah. And, you know, good that film. film's a perfectly decent little thriller. Yeah, it is. You know, State of Play you is... It's, 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 it's... I quite like that film, actually. It, it's, a, it's a great kind of Thursday night movie. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm not rejecting this outright because I, like, I actually thought the trailer looked alright and I, I think it's out in a couple of weeks and it doesn't seem to be one already it kind of feels like Netflix aren't necessarily going to go Chris Evans best supporting actor um, Emily Blunt best actress but it's the kind of thing where maybe Emily Blunt in her campaign for Oppenheimer can kind of use this as well to kind of like build up a look at the work I'm doing at the moment guys kind mm. of a thing and it this looks like it will be good for that, not necessarily ten Academy Award nominations. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, but I'm quite looking forward to it. Do you know what else I'm also looking forward to? Go on. David Ayers, the Beekeeper. <laughs> right. It looks like the greatest film anyone will ever make. It just looks fucking bonkers, doesn't it? 
like the fact that he's a beekeeper, but then it turns out that he actually also belongs to an organisation called the Beekeepers, the beekeepers. Who, who have to protect the hive, yeah. is uh, just some brilliant bollocks. Yeah, it, it, it is, it's the most stoned of, of I've got an idea. What yeah. if, right, he's a beekeeper... But actually, and then they just go. Everyone's just like sort of saying new things and just clicking and going. I've got it. I've got it. He's got to protect the hive. It's like boom. It it feels like Heart of Stone if it was made by people who knew maybe how to make a film like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it very much is. It's a going. Right. Let's have a bit of fucking fun. <laughs> I've got Jason. St- I've got Statham in a movie. Why don't we just have a load of fucking fun with it? Oh my! It's it's written by Kurt Wimmer, right? yeah. who is just one of the one of the great trash right writers of action cinema of the last twenty years. Yeah, C- Kurt Wimmer. I am one of the. I am one of the few people who gets excited when it sees written when they see written by Kurt Wimmer. Whereas most people go, "Oh God, no." I mean, look, comes out January twelfth. That is the perfect, perfect release date for that film. Yeah. Um. Well done, everybody. Um. No notes. Um. Brilliant. A trailer I didn't see. But maybe you guys did Silent Night. Have watched it. Um, yeah, fine. Just, I just, I, I watched it on a on a sun lounger <laughs> in Crete. In Crete. Sure. Um, and I went. I, I, I will. I watch that, but I'm not like. <laughs> It's not like this looks great. I'm expecting a three out of five. Mm. If it's a three and a half, great. If it's a two and a half, it's my fault for watching it. <laughs> that could be said about a lot of things. Yeah. Mm. Especially Mark. Um, okay. Um, the new trailer for Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Know, I don't. I mean, I'll watch it. Uh, yeah, that's it. I'll watch it, but I don't care. <laughs> no, no, that's no, that's that's exactly it. Yeah, like, um, like if something happened and they someone forgot to upload it to, to, to streaming services, no one would notice. Wow. It's the fact that it's a Sony film and it's actually going to get like a wide theatrical release over Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like that's that's wild. I don't, I don't know. It better be an eighteen. If, yeah. If they dare try to get away with fifteen with that, then we're in trouble. That's it. What is it? it it's it's gonna be in it. But it's just. I mean, it's Eli Roth, so so you both know it's gonna be a little bit sleazy, but in a icky way. <laughs> um. But also a bit crap. <laughs> yeah, he like interesting career that. Yeah, yeah, it is an interesting he, career. Is Eli Roth? It's like 
it's like he wanted Quentin Tarantino's career and then kind of got Robert Rodriguez's career instead. And um, I mean, yeah, and I mean, like after this, he's got Borderlands, which has been held up so much that he couldn't do the reshoots on Borderlands because he was filming Thanksgiving. Mm. Borderlands was shooting at the height of COVID. Mm. Like so, that film will be about four years since production before it comes out, and that has got all the makings of a an absolute cluster. Oh yeah, and I, you know, the fact that Roth was just like, it, it apparently it wasn't like, like he was necessarily kicked off of the reshoots. He was like, nah, thanks, I'ma do Thanksgiving <laughs> instead of finishing off his own film. Feels, hmm, it feels we'll, like we'll, there's something there. <laughs> like, but I mean, like, there's so during E3 in 2001, um, there was like a, a behind the scenes video thing of um, the guy who runs the development um, studio that makes Borderlands Gearbox, this guy Randy Pitchford, real piece of shit guy. Um, like, look him up. Um, he's kind of like trying to interview people on the set of the film and Eli Roth is trying to get away from him so hard. It, oh. It's it's something like he kind he's able to get Kevin Hart so I think Kevin Hart's just always on if a camera's on and he's good value for that. But honestly, if you have like five minutes, Google, I, I don't know what you'd have to Google, like Borderlands movie behind the scenes, E3 2021 or something maybe. But so literally... I mean, you know, I'm I'm a search engine. What can I say? Um, <laughs> but it honestly, Eli Roth just does not want to talk to the dude, and it, it it's it's glorious. But uh, yeah, I I wonder about that set. But hey, they got Kate Blanchett to play a video game character, yep. which is still wild. Um, so anyway, uh, there we are. Next one, new Blumhouse Universal film. About a haunted swimming pool? Did you guys see the trailer for Night Swim? Night Swim, didn't, no. Like, straight up, as far as I can tell, kind of looks like maybe it's about a haunted swimming pool. I'm sold. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I genuinely bit, to be honest. sold. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, maybe there's a monster there, but also Hot maybe rim. not. because There's, like, ghostly stuff going on as well yeah think it's a haunted swimming pool fuck yeah <laughs> and like a haunted backyard swimming pool I'm just yeah I, I'm not even gonna watch the trailer for that now I'm just gonna go into the film and then when it's not when it's not a haunted <laughs> swimming pool be really upset <laughs> but I mean it's like um, it's like that film Daniel Radcliffe did um, Horns was it where yeah. it's just like what's it about Daniel Radcliffe wakes up one day, he's got horns on his head and it appears to have murdered people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, all right, fine. God. Yes, I will watch this. <laughs> Sold. Oh, another another great one. Nurse 3D. What's this about? I don't know. We just made a poster with Paz de la Herta as a dress as a nurse covered in blood. But what's the we film about? Genuinely, we don't have a film. Make it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Did we watch that at Fright Fest? I think we did, yeah. I feel like I've watched Nurse 3D. I have watched Nurse 3D a few 3D. times. It's a fun of film. Of course you have. No, we've watched it in 3D, but we've seen it a couple of times. We've watched it. I don't think it ever actually came out in 3D. Oh. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing of okay. it. 
Yeah, it's called. Yeah. It was literally a just a photographer did like a photo shoot with Pastel Hurt and Mac mocked up this like fake movie poster and then they made a movie out of it. Is that the one that makes a great uh, double bill with um, that Catherine Isabel movie? Where she's like a doctor. American Mary. Yeah. yeah 3D nurse. nurse. Yeah. No. Yeah, American <laughs> Mary and Nurse 3D, that'd be a good night, wouldn't it? Yeah. You'd need some tissues. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> My word. Uh, okay, the the colour purple. Not um, everything needs to be a musical. I'm, yeah. Ah. Tonally, like, the story's not that. <laughs> I feel like. I, I don't know. I think it's, it's quite a heavy going story. And then turn into a musical just feels really weird, quite icky and disrespectful. I mean, it's, it's been a musical before, though. It's been a musical. Sure. It's been a Broadway musical. It's just they're finally making a film musical of it. Sure. It just it just feels a bit icky. The thing is, like it's trivialising the content. With um, Coleman Domingo in it, you've got me sold because I watch anything with that guy in it. Mm. Yeah, that dude rules. Yeah. I'm so sad that apparently Rustin's a bit shit. Apparently, yeah, um, apparently it's one of those ones he's very good in it, but the film around it is not great. That sucks. I like that trailer. I, I was pulling for that. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he sells me. The film, I'm a little bit like, it's got that, it, I, I, it's got that look that I'm just, that I, I'm just not a huge fan of. You over it. Yeah, that, that, it's, I think it's a little bit like I, 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 I don't believe any of those people are in any of those places but those places mm. could quite easily be real places so why not just shoot them in real yeah. places that, right, that, that's just a field why don't you shoot it in a field yeah. <laughs> why does it have to look like that field isn't a real field I feel like they either really pull it off as something special or it's just going to be deeply deeply Oh god! Yeah, two it, and a half hours of that. It, yeah, it's either going to be yeah really good or it's just going to be in the heights more. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but yeah, it it'd be great. It'd be great if it's good. Yes. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, well. it, you're right. It Sorry, is go going to be two and a half hours long, isn't it? Oh yeah, easy. Um, it just reminded me that comes out on Christmas Day in the US. Have you guys seen how stacked Boxing Day is? It here? is pretty stacked, isn't it? What was it that right. comes out on Boxing Day that we were like, yes, we um, on Boxing Day? Boiling the Heron. What? Yeah. The... Sorry, I, I heard Boiling the Heron, and I was like, how's that? <laughs> so, yeah, we've got The Boy and the Heron, Miyazaki's new one for anybody who doesn't know, Priscilla and Ferrari. Ooh, fucking hell. And I've got a Cardiff um, home game on Boxing Day. So, um, I'm glad I've got the 27th of December off work. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, just stacked. Like, what a treat of a Boxing Day that is, though. It's just, it, it's a good, because that week between Christmas and New Year is a little bit, it, it's a little bit saggy, isn't it? <laughs> mm. Yeah, and 
I yeah. think the thing is, I think you've got those, and then there's not really much of interest out that like New Year's Day first week of January bit, and then the beekeeper is the twelfth of January, and you get some more Oscar bobberers and stuff around then as well. Um, but it's really really stacked around Boxing Day, and that feels diverse as well. Yeah. Um, and like Ferrari is a Sky Cinema film. So expect Sky to promote the crap out of that over Christmas. Mm. Um, but then the critics will be all about Priscilla and the boy and the heron as well. So um, it, it, I'm a little bit worried about how widely the boy and the heron will be released. It's being released over here by Elysium Releasing, who are a very small outfit. The thing um, is, I'm looking at that and thinking... It probably it's Cineworld. It might struggle in, but I guarantee you, Parkway will show it. Yeah. Oh, look, your, your indies and your art houses—they'll they'll they'll play it all day long. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, we'll see. Don't know if there's gonna if it's just gonna be Japanese double subtitles. If they're sensible, they'll do an English dub as well. If they're actually aiming for it for kids. Um, I'm kind of hoping it might be something that Lottie will come see and then the, the three of us can go see it. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, real stacked Boxing Day. Like, a b- Boxing Day Ferrari just feels like the most middle-aged me thing I could possibly do. And I yeah, can't I'm, wait. I'm, I'm looking forward to Ferrari. Just a, a Michael Mann passion project. <laughs> yeah, go on there. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it feels like the strikes are going to ease up, so the product should start kind of, like, coming through again. Obviously, like, A24 have been able to go all the way through all this as well. So, it, if it, I don't know, I just I feel like we're in a good place at the moment for, for cinema. Like, there's good stuff to look forward to over the next few months. And next year, maybe the summer movie season might be a little bit slower, but there'll be... There'll be there'll be stuff about so um, good and also uh, almost forgot the last trailer unless you guys got anything else there's a trailer that came out today to talk through. Uh, but let's have a look. Uh, no, I think we've just got the same one that I'm gonna say. I think. Okay, cool. So uh, this is Sean Durkin's new film, The Iron Claw. Over to you, Mark, for the Zephron uh, report. The Zephron report with Mark Foster. I mean, he 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 looks fucking jacked to living fuck again, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of nice. I think he he's very much pushed for this as well. I think he was very much like the the driving force behind this movie getting made. Essentially, it, it's um, but yeah, it looks it looks good. Um, Looks very good, um, to be honest. Uh, I, I think I because we were talking on um, via text earlier, and um, no friend of the show did point out, you know, it looks like there's an awful lot of the story in the film in the trailer. Yeah. Um, which leads me to believe that either there is a lot, awful lot of that, or there's actually an or that, 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 that everything we get in the trailer happens in like the first half hour of the movie, and then there's so much fucking more to it. The bomb Eric curse. What? However, they not only had to battle inside the ring, but fight the von Eric curse. Well, we're gonna find out, aren't we? I'm not, I'm not gonna read about it. Yeah, but yeah, I, 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 I'm definitely up for this. Yeah, I think I think it looks cracking. Um, like up for just like 
family drama, Sean Durkin style, looks like it's going to be nicely intense. Um, Holt McElhenney getting hopefully a nice juicy role as the dad. Looking forward to that. Yeah, it looks very much like a... a, a it looks very much like a, a, he is made to play that part. Yeah, doesn't it? And, you know, I, I've i long championed Zac Efron. Um, Jeremy Allen White is... Um, is a thing right now. Everybody's favorite thing right now, um, which you know, and he's. I I I have struggled with Bear. I, just, I, I wish I liked it more than I do, mm. but he's a very good actor and he's very good in it. And I'm really interested in everything that Aris Dickinson does. He's an interesting dude, is Aris Dickinson. Yeah, really good choices. That's it. He, he seems like the kind of guy who could be making easier choices than he is making. He's the guy that played Dickie Attenborough in something, isn't he? Yeah, but he was also very good in um, Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. Um, and, and the King's Man. King's Man, yeah. And apparently um, Scrapper is a really decent little British indie film that he's oh, very... Oh, he that, is he? Yeah, he's the, he's the dad in that. And apparently he, he's right. very, very good. Nice. Yeah, look, this... this... I, I think this I think this is going to be cracking um, I think there's going to be more to it than the trailer suggests like mm. I haven't seen The Nest and I, I I will aim to catch up with it but Martha Marcy May Marlene which is the only other film Durkin's directed um, we watched The Nest it, didn't we yeah we did it's good yeah. good film it, yeah and it, it like I don't know like he he does dark and bubbling well mm. you know and just like unnerving and it, I'm look, I, I feel like this could have that yeah it, it looks a little bit like the movie that Foxcatcher wishes it was <laughs> Ooh, that's a good call Bennett Miller where the hell's he gone he I hasn't just, done anything since Foxcatcher has he no do you know what the next thing that Harris Dickinson is doing mm. he's doing the new Steve McQueen film oh Blitz yeah is that him and Saoirse Ronan? Him and Saoirse Ronan, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stephen yeah, Graham yeah. and Kathy Burke is in that as well. Oh, that's a really interesting cast. What's 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 the what's the story? Uh, the logline on that. What's the synopsis? Uh, historical drama. Uh, not much else coming out about it, but it's uh, Apple TV again, isn't it? Oh, is it? Okay, so yeah. that'll be next year then. Uh, okay, cool. Filming began. Uh, I mean, film. It's 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 filmed. Um, yeah, it's it's all all filmed. Apparently, it'll be out next year. Mm. Oh, that just reminded me. Apple TV. A little bit of movie news we we forgot, or I forgot. Ridley Scott's already announced that there's going to be a four-hour <laughs> cut of Napoleon when it goes on Apple TV Plus. God bless you, Sir Ridley. Don't yep. even wait until the fucking thing comes out in the cinema before <laughs> saying, "Yeah, but my better version's coming out on Apple TV after." <laughs> well done, mate. Yeah. Um... The theatrical's already like a three hours ten minutes apparently. Yeah. But sure, just add another hour on. Why not? It that does feel a little bit like Apple have gone. Um, Ridley, it, it, it's four hours long, and Scorsese's is just below four hours long. Is there anything you can do? And he's gone. Oh, you've come to the right guy. Yes, there is something I can do. But do I still get to release this one? Um, yeah, we don't give a shit. It's already uploaded. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, apparently it has more Vanessa Kirby 
like it makes her more of a focus like through the film which sure why not yep that's fine I'll always take my Kirby uh, absolutely so that'll be something to look forward to around Christmas or New Year um, Apple doing it right also uh, also you seen Killers of the Flower Moon's getting an IMAX release I did see that yeah yeah I'm 100% going down to the IMAX yeah I, I, I want to see I, I, I want to see DiCaprio's big face on a big screen yeah 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 absolutely okay so let's do it then we're 40 minutes into recording we've got six films maybe five and a half kind of yeah (laughs) Dominion and Dominion maybe we could talk about it in kind of like one block really but okay so where are you wanting to start Why? Where I'm, do you want to start? Okay, I am. Are we, are we going through from Exorcist to to Believer? Yeah, I think so. Right, I'll hold it in. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. One I, condition: no, we can't mention Believer until we start talking about it. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. That's yeah. No, that's that's fine. Things to say. <laughs> mm. Okay, so look, um, The Exorcist, directed by William Friedkin, starring um, Linda Blair, uh, Ellen Burstyn, uh, Max von Sydow, and uh, uh, plenty of others, Jason Miller, uh, plenty of others. Um, I mean, oh God, we all know The Exorcist. Yeah. I, I, you know, let's just, let's just, I feel like maybe actually The Exorcist isn't going to be the longest part of this Probably not, no. You know, um, so I watched the 4K of the version you've never seen, which for me is a 4.5 out of 5 film. The 0.5 being taken away because I think Freakin should have just stopped playing with it. Yeah. Just stop touching it. It's not going to get better if you don't leave it alone. Um, The Pazuzu on the cooker hood thing is just a disaster. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, I put it on my Twitter, but basically at one point, it's Ellen Burstyn is in the kitchen, the lights flicker, there's an other cooker hood in the background uh, to a, a, to the right of the screen, and there is a flash of Pazuzu's face literally in the cooker hood. Yeah. Awful. Well, yeah, well, the, the, the mad thing is, we watched the same version um, of it, and it was in 4K, um, on Netflix because we were in in Crete, which is in Greece, and that is on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> in in uh, Crete. Tight. So we were quite shocked by that, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I literally had to, as we started watching, I had to pause it and go, just go like go back, like get this in fucking four K, <laughs> and it's four K TVs in the rooms, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, so we, to, we got to watch it in four K, which was quite nice. That's good. Mm. I love the fact you had to watch all of these in Greece. Oh, no, no, no. Correction. We watched, oh. we have watched, we watched Existent in our room, didn't we? Yes. And then we watched um, all of the other ones. So the other five movies between us, uh, we have watched since 2pm yesterday. Yes. That's too much Exorcist. Oh, mate, I have loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hang on. I mean, it, two I, on the plane. But yeah, two today. 
three today. Three today. Three today? <laughs> yeah. Not me. What Exorcist films did you watch on the plane? I watched... You watched The Exorcist, didn't you? Yeah. Because I'd watched it in the room and you'd fallen asleep, hadn't mm. you? Uh, so you watched The Exorcist and The Exorcist 2, didn't you? Yes. And I watched The Exorcist 2 and Exorcist Beginning. Yes. You two must have looked fucking insane. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're literally at one point on the plane sat next to each other, Bex watching watching one, awesome. watching The Exorcist <laughs> and, and I watching Exorcist 2 <laughs> next to her. Oh, that's great. That's great. I mean, we'll talk about Exorcist too, but I just got the thought of someone looking over your shoulder and just seeing the bits where there's just flashing lights and it's just like 10 seconds of looking at Richard Burton and 10 seconds of looking at Linda Blair. Um, wonderful. Right, okay, so The Exorcist, look, aside from the revisions and stuff, super unsettling, just the vibe of that film is bananas um there's let there is way every time i watch this I, I forget how kind of actually little possessed reagan there is yeah there's a few standout scenes and the rest of it is like medical exams it's procedural indi- yeah 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 a, like, like a damning indictment of the, of the u.s medical system <laughs> and a priest just losing his faith and then regaining it. It, it it's what a film what i actually really like and i'm going to talk mildly holistically about them and then talk about the exorcist what i like about the exorcist films uh up to up to a very certain start a certain film what I like about them is there's not that much exorcisms in them no there's not actually that much actually exorcism bits in it and they all have I mean two of them have a very similar vibe but they all have this like weird kind of energy different energy to them they're, they're, they're quite unique as a horror franchise I will say but yeah it's I, I think because the it, it, it's pumped in and it's it's satirized and it's been sort of joked about for so long because the movie was was so big you know and it wasn't it it isn't it it isn't just a a cult horror movie it was a cultural phenomenon yeah you know for for a long time i mean up until you know only like 10 years ago the exorcist was still the highest grossing r-rated movie of all time. Crazy. Um, well, that's it. And I think as, as, as modern viewers that inhale horror movies, you look at it and you're like, it's pretty fucking tame. But to your average... Like, people were getting suckered into... I said this to you the other day, didn't I? People were getting suckered into seeing this movie because of its popularity that probably didn't have that much experience with genre films. No, I, I, I mean probably the last time that when people, were, I mean, this is this. You're going back to a an age of cinema go. You couldn't, you know, you, you, you there wasn't really that many films piped in at homes, and you couldn't, you know, video rental stores hadn't really become a thing at this point, um, and you couldn't own a film at home. So people watched films by going to the cinema to see them, and it's why. Um, you know, you, you could go and see films that have been running for twenty years yeah. and would get re-released. So the problem fact is that the last time that mass audiences 
were exposed to horror mm. cinema um, will have been psycho. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah, it, it was... It's why Which it had that. anywhere near like this, is it? Like No, this is... It, it's... It, it, it's uh, the wonderful thing I, I always think about is it, 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 the, it, it, it's a... It starts out as a family drama, then moves into a procedural drama, and then becomes a you know a, 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 a supernatural psychological horror film towards yeah. the end of it. But I I mean the the score is just it it it, it it's so it, it it's a spine tingle. It gets you going. Mm. You go oh this is good because the whole <laughs> the whole package is good, and then. You know the, that 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 shot of him outside the house is just you know it, it's one of those shots where it's on the post, which becomes so synonymous with it. It's one of the most famous images in cinema. Yeah, but it is a fucking great shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, and I think because I whenever whenever we rewatch this I I do tend to like it a little bit less and I think because like you say it's been parodied so many times it's been referenced so many times it it's lost some of its specialness but then watching it in a different way watching it on the plane on a screen that's like a few inches from my face I noticed like little bits that I hadn't noticed before which kind of Maybe it's just a familiarity breeds contempt kind of thing because there was unfamiliar elements this time. I enjoyed it a lot more than I have the last few times I've watched it. But a lot of the subtleties of... Like, Linda Blair was 14? Yeah. A lot of the subtleties of her acting when she's possessed Reagan, Mm. like the the facial acting that she's doing, I've, I've never caught that before. No, I think I... The thing is, as well... She does some real knowing looks for a kid. It, it, it is. Mm. I think for people around our age, it, it, it's being around. But I remember this film being banned in the UK. You couldn't get mm. it. it. It was banned for so many years yeah. um, that it wasn't available. I, I first watched it on a dodgy fucking recorded video that I bought out the back of a magazine. Because <laughs> um, that's what you used to do. You'd send your postal order to some guy. Um, with a writing down of what films you wanted, and then he sent you like three tapes out, wow. <laughs> and you know, and so like sometimes they sort of, and they were, and it, was, it was a recorded VHS, so it looked like it looked like hammered shit, yeah. and not like hammered shit like we would consider something that's in four eighty to look like hammered shit. Yeah. It looked like shit, and it was barely fucking watchable. Mm. And then the next time I watched it was when it got taken off the band list, which I think was probably about it was mid to late 90s but yeah. um, that it got re-released in cinemas mm. um, and but it wasn't like a a wide release mm. but I saw it at City Screen not where it is now in York when it used to be in the Museum Gardens I bought a ticket for it by going in and asking for a ticket when they first went on sale thinking that they're going to go no because I was like I think 14 at the time <laughs> yeah and because it wasn't actually a cinema, it was a museum that had a cinema in it. They just kind of went okay, and gave me it. And I thought, <laughs> there's no way I'm actually getting into this film. So I made my sister go with me, oh, right. <laughs> thinking that 
I, I might have more of a chance if I go in with somebody who looks older, who still wasn't 18, by the way. My sister's only like 14 months older than me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just we just waltzed in. <laughs> no fucking checks or anything. God bless you, the 90s. How, how did Nicola find it? Well, she, she quite liked horror movies. We quite watched quite a lot of horror movies together. One of the few things that we did like as her brother and sister. Yeah. <laughs> because we just didn't really have a relationship. But we used to watch quite a lot of horror movies together. How wholesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was when I first saw it. Nice. Uh, but it's a... I feel a little bit like, yeah, we're going to say The Exorcist, it's fantastic. Mm. It, it, it is. It's not the best one, though. No, I'm probably going to agree with you on that. <laughs> That's the new one. Five. Well, cut, yeah, I can say five-star <laughs> banger of review for Believer coming. Um, all right, well, look, hey, I think, you know, it, it's The Exorcist. Um, yeah. I mean, it, 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 even though I think it's it's mad, though, because I, so, like, I, when it came out on video in, like, the late 90s after the cinema release, rented it from Blockbuster somehow, Um and uh, copied copied it onto a VHS of yeah. my own, and um, like we had a sponsored stay awake at school, <laughs> and like a, like about a dozen of us watched it there, and a few people like fucked off, and I'm kind of I'm not surprised, and it like I suppose it's a brilliant film, but now like that was like 25 years ago now kids watching The Exorcist today, I'd be fascinated to know what they make of it. Because, yeah. you know, it's it's whole, like, it's the scariest movie of all time thing. I think it's incredibly unsettling. And it, it's, like I say, it's got that vibe. But it's also a film as much about Jason Miller's character as it is Reagan. I mean, it's not really about Reagan at all. Um, you know, it's about how it affects everybody around her. Mm. And like I, I forgot how much Jason Miller there is in it, and yep. just like the the like the great scene where Kinderman's talking to, uh, uh, talking to Father Karras, and um, like you know it's just this like five minute long scene where the detective's trying to get like information out of him, but then just also talking about you know I like going to see movies and. You know, like, would you find, would would you? I get free tickets in my role, and would you, you know, like that kind of wonderful we'll stuff there, and then that kind of plays into Exorcist Free. Yeah, 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 exactly. I love that they bring that up, that back back in with Exorcist Free. Um, <laughs> Official it, it just, you know, and again, yeah, yes, we will talk about Believer later, and David, you know, I will talk around Believer for a second. David Gordon Green has said that like one of the challenges he had with the film was like making sure that it was also scary and watchable for like younger audiences and things like that and no matter what I think of The Exorcist Believer I I, I think Gordon Green maybe slightly do, does have a point there where you watch The Exorcist and that film is not trying to scare you all the time there are moments in that film that are actually funny and you, you know but in a whimsical kind of like oh this is charming way but then there are also moments that are just deeply deeply unnerving and like some of you know some of the stuff that the um that reagan comes out with you know and even but then i mean as much for like the swearing and i'm not going to do that here because i'm a little bit worried that extended family will hear downstairs this time around but you know what i was saying at the end of last week's show um <laughs> you've got that but then you've also got like um 
it just like doing um Karis's mum's voice like mm. dimmy dimmy why did you leave me dimmy and it, it just <laughs> Jesus Christ it, it's it, it, it's it's a, it's a very out like I think you're right. It's more unsettling than outright scary. But I mean, it, it is, is very yeah. fucking quotable, though, isn't it? Yeah. There's some Why did shit you leave me to me? Why? I'm thinking um, more. Your mother sucks cocks in hell, but it's <laughs> cracking uh, insult. It, yeah. Give Pazuzu a credit. Comes out with some bangers of some, of some insults. Yeah. I mean, I just also, I mean, like, Pazuzu is such a little shit, though, as well. <laughs> just that bit where it, it makes the drawer open and Karis is like, did you do that? Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 but that's the thing. It's like, that's actually, like, funny. And I feel like three kids going, like, you know, this is, like, a weirdly just take your foot off the gas for a second moment. Mm. You know, and it, you know, and <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a deeply, deeply odd film. It's one that we will never, ever, ever see see the likes of again. Um, you know, we'll talk about Believer in a bit, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's wonderful, but maybe the theatrical version I don't know but then like you've got the the, the conversation at the end um, in the extended one mm. where like he's he's talking to um, uh, Kinderman's talking to Father Dyer because that's the theatrical version just ends if I remember correctly with like Dyer saying goodbye to Reagan and um, Chris yeah and then like looking at the steps then walking off and then it's the credits yeah and I, I really like that moment at the end with Kinderman and Dyer. But I, I, can't, I, and I can't remember. There's the extended director's cut. And then was there also the version you've never seen that then puts in the more kind of like the subliminal bollocks? Yes. Because that's... That's if that's the case, then it's almost like, yeah, okay, go with the extended director's cut, not the version you've never seen. Yeah, the version you've never seen, you don't need to see. Director's cut is the better one. Yeah, there, there you go then. So, yeah, but, um, I mean, definitely not shit. Stone Cold Banger, rest in peace, freaking. You've made a film that's outstanding it, it, the test of time 50 years on. Yeah, it, it, uh, you know, although... Like I, th- I think you know, even within this, within these films, there is a film that I I like more than The Exorcist. The Exorcist is one of the most important movies in cinema. Yeah, yeah. You know, and for good reason. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's our audience poll. Just to say, I get. I think I know where you're going with that. There is a film in this lot that I think I I'm more this is the kind of film I'm into and would watch more often. Mm. But I, I, The Exorcist, for me, kind of has this weird place where, I, I, I don't know, just it's 50 years old and it's just such an oddity. But then again, hey, let, let's call it Exorcist three years as well. Anyway, we'll talk about it. But yeah, audience poll. Uh, 82% definitely not shit. 18% shit. <laughs> Wow, wait. That's spicy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you know what is shit? Exorcist 2 The Heretic, directed by John Borman and starring Richard Burton, Linda Blair, Louise Fletcher, and uh, Kitty Wynn. Um, 
getting a payday after her role as the assistant in the first one. Shazza. And, sorry? Our Shazza. Yeah, oh yeah, Sharon's back, and this time she's going to burn herself to death for some reason at the yep. end. Don't know why she did that. Um, <laughs> so, Exorcist to the Heretic came five years later, um, and uh, so Richard Burton plays a priest, hired to investigate the events of uh, surrounding... Um, uh, Max von Sydow's uh, death. Um, oh God, I've forgotten his bloody name. And I've Merin. watched Merrin. Merrin. Christ, I was thinking Merriman. I was like, that's not right. Merrin. Um, so Father Merrin's death. The church believed that actually maybe heresy was involved, and so Richard Burton has to investigate things. He meets uh, Reagan, who um, is now um, <laughs> getting some sort of light-based therapy from uh, Louise Fletcher's character. Um, but in um, doing so and along with Richard Burton investigating uh, kind of unlock Pazuzu again um, who's actually named Pazuzu in this one I don't remember him being named Pazuzu in the first one um, I think he is once is he? Okay, yeah, I that, so. because I, I, I thought he wasn't as well I said this didn't have X mm. I don't. I didn't think it was until this one, the second one. But then, I, but then I do. I do remember when I was watching the Exorcist, going, "Oh wait a minute, they do mention Pazuzu." Yeah. Okay. I'm glad. Um, so Exorcist Two: The Heretic. Um, I don't think we've ever discussed this in any form on the show before, if if memory serves. Um, Bex, what 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 is your relationship with this film? I know I've seen it a couple of times, but I seem to instantly forget what happens the the minute the credit roll credits roll. So I had forgotten everything that that goes on in this. Um, yeah, probably f- with good reason. To be fair, what? I don't. Thing is, I don't hate it. It's not. It's not a shit watch, but it has no bearing on anything. It's like all, I, the, the mechanics of what's going on in the movie make no sense. The story's messy, doesn't seem to know where it's going, but it's trying to do something interesting and I respect that. There's also James Earl Jones dressed up as a locust, so that's, that's fun. <laughs> Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. So, have either of you guys come across the um, internetism of she breasted boobily to the stairs and titted downward? What? What? So there's there's a there's a Reddit thread of men writing women, and it's like the ridiculous descriptions they put in of like physical aspects of women and like what they do and one of the best known ones is she breasted boobily to the stairs and titted downward because it's just like it's stupid but I was watching this with Linda Blair's boobs bouncing everywhere you mean the you mean the no bras were worn worn during the making of this movie yeah basically (laughs) and that line just popped into my head it is the most breasted boobily movie I've I've seen I think yeah so I, I, I will I will go next to mixing things up. 
the thing about this film, and I kind of get what Becky's saying here about it being so like being forgettable, is that there is a bunch of random crazy shit in this film, <laughs> but it it none of it actually sticks together. It feels yeah. like disparate bits from multiple films smushed together. I described it in the boy chat as like watching an Italian horror where they like the the they've just left the Italian dub in. But no, that's not the Italian dub. It's the actual script. <laughs> um, I don't is... think it helps either that that Father Lamont is so bad in this. <laughs> like he's he's so bad. I can't think of a better word for it. He's fucking incredible. Richard Burton at one point, I swear to God, just looks down the barrel of the camera and delivers lines like they're a hostage plea. Yeah, it it's that performance is like one of the great how dare I be here performances (laughs) I think I might have ever seen. Like he's actively pissed off. Yeah, he has he he has said to his agent, "I don't care how drunk I was, I'm not doing it." And his agent's gone, "No." You are. You've already spent the money. <laughs> yeah. Like, and just adding to the Italian horriness, you've got Ennio Morricone's score. It's, it's the, fucking great. I mean, it's brilliant. What is it? What's it doing? So th- this is the thing. It doesn't feel like the sequel to The Exorcist. No. It feels like a film that you pulled off of a VHS rack. From the mid eighties, yeah, like where, but, where the where's the locust imagery and all that shit come from? It's it's like it just presents it to you, like this is law from you know this is established. It's not locusts are not mentioned in the first one. He's not the god of air and flying things or whatever the devil of air and flying things in the first one. It's just like it's gone. It's got to be a demon or something. Ah, fuck it, locusts. They're gross. Because of oh, absolute. So are other things. Yeah, but he, if he's the god of air, that's the it's a plague that comes within the air. Mm. And James Earl Jones dresses a locust. That is funny. And, and, and this is the thing. I mean, like, I think it's shit, and it's weirdly forgettable in in bits as well. I mean, like the god, the moment where. It's like, oh, is she going to crash the plane? Is she going to crash the plane? No, she's not going to crash the plane. She's yeah. just fucking about. That wasn't fun to be watching as we were coming in for a fucking landing in Manchester <laughs> oh, either. Oh, like, this feels like a bad omen. If that plane crashes, I think we're going to crash. <laughs> we literally were as well, weren't we? Coming up for what is yeah. it? To, to when I got to that bit, yeah. <laughs> and we were going through turbulence because it's <laughs> fucking Manchester. <laughs> It's, oh, that's rough. But I mean, it's just there's all these random moments, but they just don't feel cohesive. So by mm. the end, it's just a bit like, what just happened there then? You know, it, it, yeah, I mean... Oh, and then, at the end, right? So, what, Chris is, Chris is off shooting a film or doing some bullshit. Yeah. Reagan's been entrusted to the Doctor, yeah. yeah? Gets to the end of the movie... And she's like, she gets the fucking priest to take her off with him. Yeah. You can't yeah. just give people's children away it to was, priests. It was the 70s, Becky, of course you could. Yeah, sure. 
I mean, you know, after the sexy Reagan, good Reagan, he was probably getting some ideas as well. I mean, I've just got to say before I move over to Mark, poor Linda Blair. I'm sure she got a paycheck, but my God, did she have to work for it. She breasted boobily. Like, yeah, I mean, but God, she didn't want it. She didn't want to. Like, it, it, I, I felt really, really bad for her in this. Like, I don't think this, none of this film is her fault. And yeah, and anyway, Mark. Right. First of all, this film is a, it, it's not very good. It, but it's Geostorm for me. So just getting that yeah. out there now. Sure. It, it's it's Geostorm yeah. for me. For the simple reason of, of everything that you have both said about it that is correct. Absolutely correct. But give me a hundred Exorcist to the Heretics over generic horror franchise sequels. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not a horror film until literally the last ten minutes where it goes, shit. We're supposed to be an exorcist horror film, aren't we? Yeah, Fucking it's some hell. psychological it, it's this, thing about sinking minds. Yeah, it's this weird, this like, psychological, <laughs> yeah. like, almost, like, sci-fi. Look, we've got an exorcism in it, shit. <laughs> yeah, that just, that, that bounces around, like, fucking locations, like it's a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. It, it's, and it, it's great. Oh my God, they should totally have the place name on the ground. They should. <laughs> it would have made it great. Um... You know, when when I get to the point where I'm looking at it going, I mean, surely somebody is wearing a bra uh, at, at some point in the movie. There is not a female character in this movie that you don't see their nipples at one point. Oh, it, it, yeah, because even Sharon answers the door Even Sharon answers the door. And it's, just, and it's yeah. almost like Borman went, Borman went, hang on a minute, I can't see her nipples. Can we throw some water at her? Yeah. Um... And it it's fucking it it's a bonkers movie. It's bonkers. None of it makes sense. No. It's like they were coming up with ideas on the spot. Even the central fucking bit of the lights bit doesn't make sense. Literally, it's gone from being fucking Burton's there and um Louise Fletcher's going, I'm not really sure about this. Yeah. To literally he then he then Having just seen this piece of equipment, goes. I don't want to do. Give it to me. <laughs> and sits down and it's like, it's like, how do you know how? How do you know where she is? No, because Richard Burton refused to shoot the next scene, which was going to be where they work all that that all stuff out. Yeah. And he just improved and was like, "Give it to me." John Borman calls cut, and Richard Burton's like, "Right, n- n- next scene. Yeah, we are moving on." I honestly that. That could could have been what it is. It feels like the only way they got Richard Burton to stay on set was like, right, I'll tell you what, at the ending, you've got to make a choice between a sexy 15-year-old and a good 15-year-old. And he was just <laughs> yeah. like, can I have the sexy one? Yeah. And it's, you, it's, you can it's, make out with her, Richard. How about that? It yes, literally is. Say. It literally it, is like, like oh, Borman. Awful. Borman is Gus Van Sant from uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Just going, yeah, what, what? Yeah, cool. 
just counting his money at the side. And then somewhere there is in the credits there is the Burton Wrangler. And all he's doing is he's got he's got a bottle of fucking Jim Beam and he's just hanging it on a fishing line just out of shot next to the boom mic and Burton is looking at it whilst somebody else holds all his lines up and then goes it's from just- there. He's got that perpetual hungover sweat on him <laughs> throughout the entire film. It really does. It's, but then you've got the bonkersness of a, a fucking of Regan just has that weird modern art fucking dove <laughs> fucking container on the balcony of her uh, penthouse. Are you there going? Sure, why not? <laughs> I was just coming out and to look at the doves. Just a quick question as well. When Pazuzu's trying to get Reagan to like walk off that building. Yep. If Reagan actually did that, it wouldn't be in her I, you know it'd be like, alright, Pazuzu, well done, mate, you just killed her. Aren't you supposed to be possessing her? What's what was the plan here? I don't think I think Pazuzu has about as much of a plan as the makers of this movie had when they started making it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's but, like I say, I, I, I enjoy watching it. I wasn't at any point really bored by it. The, the most boring bit of it is when Burton goes off on his little excursion. His and, little African adventure. Yeah. yeah. Even There's that's, like a 10, 15 minute stretch there where yeah, you could go for a pee. Yeah, but even that is kind of fun because he achieves basically nothing <laughs> during that. I, I did enjoy it where the locals turned on him. Yeah, that one rockets him right in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to have been the polystyrene. I would love to have been the rock throw of that first polystyrene rock, <laughs> and just like nobody's told Burton that it's going to happen, <laughs> and it just cracks him in the head. And then he, he just—he seemed like he was going to be so angry after that. <laughs> Tell you what, as well, I forgot Von Sennau was actually in this. Yeah. Like, bloody hell, mate, what are you doing? Well, Von Sennau at the time was, a, you know, he was a jobbing actor at the time. Yeah, I suppose it's, just, yeah, if it's all about the paychecks. I mean, fair play, they got people back, didn't they? I yeah. mean, the only ones they didn't really get back were Jason Miller for obvious reasons, plot wise, and Ellen Burstyn. Yep. Yep, yeah, I, I like Ned Beatty turning up randomly. Yeah, for, for like two minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh God, you know what? Maybe it is Geostorm. It, 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 it's Geostorm for me because I, 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 I will watch this again at some point, and not just when I'm doing an Exorcist marathon. It's been fun though, actually, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I will watch this again because I, I, I kind of enjoy it. It's shit, but I, I don't think at any point... I don't think there's any point where it gets... I mean, for a film that's nearly two hours long, and I admire the fact that all of the Exodus movies are all around basically the same runtime. Mm. Um, <coughs> and, of course, you've got the Morricone score. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'd love to be able to talk myself it's definitely not shit, but I can't because <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> but it's Geostorm for me. Yeah, I agree. Our audience poll, definitely not shit, 25%. Shit, 50%. And Geostorm, 25%. Probably about right, isn't it? Yep. (coughs) 
sorry guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah, fair. Um, can't believe someone said the Exorcist was shit, but hey. Right. Exorcist 3 is written and directed by William Peter Blatty. He wanted to call it Legion, uh, not the Exorcist 3. Warner Brothers said, you're calling it the Exorcist 3 or we're not going to pay for it. Probably fair enough. Starring George C. Scott, Brad Dourif, Jason Miller and plenty others. So, did we talk about this during COVID times? I, I feel we like we... Yet. Yeah, I feel like we did. So... Oh, I just heard it on a podcast, right? Sorry. Um, so, this time around, I watched the theatrical cut. And I know that last time I watched this, I watched the kind of like more work printy version where there is no exorcism at the end. Actually, you um, watched Legion rather than... Yeah, so I watched Legion, not The Exorcist 3, but I wanted to watch The Exorcist 3 this time because I knew I watched Legion last time around. And first comment, and then I will move on to Mark, my God, does that exorcism come out of nowhere? And that is just the most, no, you actually do have to have an exorcism in here, even if it like, doesn't connect to the rest of the film at all. You have to have one. And the exorcism that they do in this is just so extra I kind of like it it's not in keeping with the rest of the film in the slightest but I kind of like it yeah but Mark um it's one of the most likable and watchable performances from an actor ever it from George C Scott he's fantastic the back yeah, and forth that him and uh, Ed Flanders have it is just it that feels real. It mm. feels like two old friends who very much care about each other and have this patter and this banter within each other where they just they're just two like guys who are at the end of their kind of like work lives. Yeah. Um and, and are just basically just kind of being like four dicks to each other. Yeah. But it kind of makes sense. Then you've got the the one of I mean, this this film contains a, a couple of my favourite scenes, genuinely in cinema history. Um, you have the greatest jump scare of all time, which is in my top ten scenes. We really watched that didn't in we? history, <laughs> um, and then you have one of what I think is genuinely one of the funniest moments in cinema ever. Is George C. Scott explaining about the carp in his bathtub? Amazing. Oh yeah, and just Ed Flanders is just <laughs> laughing at him, and you know that that is just Ed Flanders just laughing at George C. Scott, just telling this story. It's not he doesn't need to act. It is just absolutely brilliant, and then the whole rest of the film, for me anyway, is just. So incredibly engaging and watchable that you are just there's large portions of it where essentially Brad Dourif is just monologuing, mm. and you're watching it and you're watching George C. Scott's reaction to it, and Blatty is is shooting it in such a way that it is just it's the occasional like focus shots, but it is basically just a still camera that has the light so that it's shining down on each of their faces. Yeah. But not like full in their face, it's just over them. 
and you've got that, but it's so fucking watchable. Yeah, the standout, the standout bits there for me with with regards to like direction. There's the there's the shot composition of the the bit where there's the jump scare. That whole sequence. Oh god, yeah. Because it keeps it so tense because you can't really see exactly what's going on because you're looking down the hallway mm. and you're just watching, watching her reactions. But um, that's really well done. And and the fact that the bits in the in the padded cell, it, that feels like it could be a stage play. Yeah. With the way that it's set up and the way that it's lit, it's it's just beautifully done. Um, I think as well the... I mean, obviously, Heretic being in the middle there does does help with this, but it feels like such a jump in quality as well. Because mm. Exorcist is 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 very, very good. I, I I would argue for me this feels like a better made, more well rounded movie because it's it's building off something, whereas the Exorcist is just like it's just there. On its own. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's not got anything to, to, to springboard off from. Whereas this does, this is building on that, and it's building the the mythology and the law. Um, I, I love the fact that it, it's well, it, it's essentially the story about two side characters. Yeah, it's a, it's it's not a it's not a sequel or anything like that. It's a spin off. <laughs> well, it is really, yeah, it, and it feels like a. For most of it, it feels like a cross between like a buddy movie, and. A supernatural like murder mystery mm. kind of vibe you know yeah, I mean, it, even the supernatural bit doesn't come into it for a while for a long chunk of it it's just about the gemini killer or a copycat yeah. of the gemini killer well yeah but i mean it, you know the, the the first half of the film has definitely got that buddy cop kind of element and I, mm. I feel like it's it's got that kind of familiar familiarity and tone with the exorcist where it's unsettling but there's also some Procedural. Just nice, yeah. Com and, and just nice conversational bits happening as well, like the moment where he's talking about the carp in the bathtub. But then, it, I, I, for me, it just takes that turn as soon as um, Father Dyer is killed, mm. and that shot of "It's a Wonderful Life." Yeah. From then on, and I think is that not the first moment as well that you then see. Father Karras slash Patient X in the padded cell. I yeah. swear it's like there. There's like a moment of him, like a flash of him, or something. Um, yes. looks, yeah, looks it's like from the, from. Me. Yeah, and and from there on in, it just gets like dark, darker and darker and darker and darker, and even with like the. It's almost kind of like absurd, but the woman scuttling along the ceiling. Mm. But it, it just like by that time, it's kind of unsettled you so much that it feels more unsettling than unnerving. And then the old woman like turning up at the house and like what's going to happen there? Like that is so tense because you genuinely have no idea what's going to happen. No, like no idea. And that is so well done. But then oh, also, yeah, and then he's like, getting him, isn't he? But then the, the, the priest, the other priest, mm. walks into his room and distracts our Paz. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he stops, like, what he's doing in the nurse in the house. He loses his connection yeah, with the nurse, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. 
He's like, cavalry's arrived, and then he immediately <laughs> dies. Oh, he doesn't die, then, he's I'm, still alive. But then, you know, in Brad Burris' monologues are fantastic, and just that one where he's talking about, like, having to re like reconstruct um, yeah. Karis. And yeah. like, kind of like you know, it took years, like like brain cell by brain cell or whatever it is that he says, and it it just it's horrific. And Brad Dourif like performing that dialogue is perfect. And I mean, like the what I what I heard was that it was Jason Miller all along, and he just couldn't get through the dialogue because he was an alcoholic, mm. and like they they just had to get someone else who could actually do that dialogue. But I think that actually works really well. The two, like almost like the two sides of the personality. Even though I think if you actually like look at the dialogue, Miller is saying stuff that the Gemini killer would say. It's not like it's straight down the middle. Um, but yeah, I it, it it is. It's a great film, and it's one that it feels like it's got the respect now. Like you know, people now don't necessarily say oh yeah you know what the really good one is exorcist free it's almost like it's just a given yeah. that the exorcist free is a really really good film within the circles that want to hear it's a really good film i would not recommend exorcist free like it's you know to anyone who i didn't already already know was a horror movie fan but I feel that within that community, I, I feel it's well, it's perfectly well loved enough at this point, which is lovely. That's it. I think it, it, it's it's part of like a, a a stream of quite, you know, like we've had over the past few years the um, the, the 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 horribleness of the prestige horror mm. thing has come out, where it's like fuck off. <laughs> It's kind of the best reaction you can have to that idea. But mm. you'd had um, horror become incredibly popular in the 70s. Uh, and it was quite it was quite graphic mm. horror. And then the 80s, you had, uh, you had a period of, of quite silly horror. And franchise horror became a thing. Yeah. Um, and then in the 90s, horror kind of went back to being a little bit smart. And a bit more, you know, it, it not as much for ma- it was made so that it wouldn't put off mainstream audiences. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't as much as aggressively counterculture as the seventies was. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't as for a brief period in the nineties, probably up until around about just before Scream came out. It wasn't as much that it was solely aimed at teenagers either mm. um, like, like what the 80s horror was and then, there's no I, I, I like 80s horror but you had you know within a space of like a couple of years um, it, you had things like The Exorcist 3 um, Candyman Sans Lambs you know it, it, it was conceived as a horror movie yeah um, and so you had a lot of these movies that were a little bit more they were slower and less reliant on gore. It's not a particularly gory movie. You know, you have the exorcism bit at the end, which is quite unsettling, but it's a flash and it's gone. With the skin coming off. Yeah, yeah. That. But like, the bit you hear about with the kid, you don't see that. 
No, it's all. It's all, all left up to your kind yeah. of imagination. Isn't it? There's there's a whole you know, and then you know the, the jump scare. It's not a violent thing. That the, the jump scare could be in a twelve A. Oh, it's so it's such a breathtaking jump together. Like yeah. it does steal all the breath out of you. I love it. It's it's the genius that the direction that she is coming away from. You just would not expect something to be coming from that direction after her. But yeah. it, and it's the fact that it makes such a big deal of her closing and then locking the door. But if you're yeah. looking, if, if, because the way the shot is, is composed, if you look in the background, um, there's constantly somebody else in the background until that moment where one of the nurses goes into the room mm. and the cop picks up his uh, his cup hat <clears throat> and walks off down the corridor. And as he exits the shot, she's just finished locking the door and turns round and starts walking and the it, it, it comes with the shield. Yeah, yeah. It, like, it's immediate, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a flash and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it, But it, it, even the, you know, the, the, the way that it's shot... What happens to her? You just hear it, don't you? Yeah. Jerry Fisher's like, it's like camera movement. It's like a real crash zoom in yeah, with like but it, a but it's jump not, scare music. It's not yeah. straightforward either. It kind of comes a little bit towards the right and then zooms in on it. it it's just a... It, it, it's almost like you're looking and going, holy shit, and looking round it to it. Mm. If it was just a straight thuff zoom, it, I don't think it'd have the same impact. In fact, it has that slight little shift. So it comes at it from, a, from an angle. It changes the optics of it, right. which is more unsettling, I think, and adds to it. Hmm. I, 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 I yeah. genuinely could write a fucking I could write a book about that scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, again, just just George C. Scott is just so watchable at, at being funny and being, you know, he just you get the feeling that that Kinderman is just. He's a bit of a, he's a bit of a grump, but he's not a a crusty old like grumpy fucking I'm too old for this shit <laughs> kind of guy. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, he he seems good at his job. He's chewing out one guy who just doesn't seem to like that's on his team. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, he he does come across a nice enough guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's fun. You know, the, the, the bit of walking at the cinema and going, official police business, <laughs> just so he doesn't have to pay again. He's great. <laughs> and then, but then, like, Dyer's... It's a really well-written film. Dyer's explanation for why he needs lemon drops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's it's the little, the little bits that don't... I think what a lot of more modern filmmakers have forgotten is that not everything needs to advance the plot. Some things can be character development and things like that. It makes you give a shit about these two men. Like when when Father Dyer dies, it's we'll come to character development. All right, but what I'm saying is that's not isolated to that. No, it is a it is a problem with cinema oh, at the yeah. moment. Um, I mean, you care got... about when Dyer dies. Like it, it's fucking horrible. You, it's a little bit heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, you're sad because he's dead. You're sad for Kinderman because he's lost his friend. And the penguin's still there, you know, and it's just like, oh, shit. And <laughs> then you've got a, a great little side performance from Nancy Fish as the nurse who looks like an arsehole. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then literally when she great. says to him, when he says, 
you're a very kind person. She's like, I'm a bitch. <laughs> and he kind of like, he kind of nods his head <laughs> and laughs about it. Said to you when we were watching it, she's got a real Twin Peaksy energy about her. Oh, she, she does have yeah, incredibly Twin sure. Peaksy energy, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's no surprise that this is one of David Lynch's favourite movies. Oh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm going to stop talking about it because I could talk about it for days, but so I'm going to stop so that we can talk about other movies. Uh, definitely not shit. 100%. Right. Um, I know that The Exorcist is a better movie than this, but I, this for me is a, I, I prefer this movie. I don't agree. It's a more, I think The Exorcist is a more influential movie. I think this is the better, richer movie. Yeah, look, this this is the one that I would maybe stick on. Yeah, but I there's the the Exorcist is the Exorcist. Please, yeah, that, that's it. I will I will watch this again before I watch any of the other Exorcist movies. You, yeah, well, you can watch this as a standalone. I think as long as you've oh, 100%. not not as a standalone if you've never seen the Exorcist, but if you've watched the Exorcist before and you know the general gist, yeah, you can watch this again on its own without having to watch it within the series. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I just I, I love it so much. And until we did our last big Exorcist watch, I'd I'd not seen it. No, you'd always like gone against it. I'd, be I'd never watched bang, any of the sequels. I'd be banging on about it for ages. I'd never watched any of the sequels, and I'd never watched any of the sequels because, as much as I could appreciate that the you'd Exorcist, hey, you'd watch these. Well, no, because we did a big rewatch in the. Yeah, but yeah. You'd, we'd watched Beginning and Dominion. We wish to watch them quite a bit. Did them on DVD. Oh well, I'd never. Yeah, well, I'd never watched Heretic, Heretic, or no. Exorcist Three. Hmm. Probably because I didn't super enjoy Exorcist at the time. Well, that segues us quite nicely on, though. Yeah. Fucking the British economy. Polly Paul. Oh, the Paul. Uh, I believe I did look at it a minute ago and then lost it again. Exorcist uh, 3. Definitely not shit 82%, shit 18%. So the same as The Exorcist. <laughs> interesting. Um, okay, so the next two I think we're going to kind of talk about as a duology. Yeah. So um, for those who don't know the background, um, Paul Schrader was... Um, uh, making uh, the next Exorcist film, uh, which here is in the form of Dominion prequel to The Exorcist. Um, it, like that entire film was shit canned at the time, yeah. and Rennie Harlan was brought in to uh, direct Exorcist: The Beginning. Well, he, he was uh, brought in originally to retool uh, Dominion, um, and then his thing was, it's an absolute. You can't retool it. You're going to be better off just starting again. <laughs> which, okay, well, okay. So you got Exorcist the beginning, which shares definite narrative elements. So <laughs> the plot of both involves Merrin at a dig where they have found a church that has been purposefully buried. And there is some um, tensions between the English army in the area and the um, the, the the folks who actually uh, like essentially own the land and inhabit the land. Um, 
And there are characters who are kind of similar. Stellan Skarsgård plays Marin in both. The guy who plays the general who likes butterflies is the same in both. Mm. But Sorry. then I think... To clarify, likes mm. murdering butterflies in jars. Yeah, okay. Yes, that. Yes. But then I think every single other cast member is basically different. Um, um, you, but, all, yeah, there's, there's the translators three. The, the translator as well. Oh, the translator. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. you're quite right. Um, and then Vittorio Storaro shot both of them. Yeah. Um, so I think Dominion is written by two guys and then beginning has story by them, screenplay by someone else. Mm-hmm. So they're, but it is a fascinating example of two different directors being given essentially the same outline and then what have you got and they feels like it films feels like a film film class project yes yeah it does and they are two very very different films i rated both of them on letterboxd two out of five i feel that exorcist the beginning is the more viscerally entertaining yep. but empty film. Yeah. Schrader's is the more thoughtful but also more plodding film. Which I, I, I think is spot on, right? Yeah. Hmm. I think I gave... I was flagging towards the end of Dominion. I gave Exorcist the Beginning um, three out of five. Um, I think because of the fact that it is... It's more polished uh, for that. It's more you can tell it had the, the it, you can tell it had almost three times the budget spent on it. Um, it's more polished, and like you said, that it's more visceral with uh, with some of the imagery. And I gave Dominion two and a half because it just does get a bit ploddy for the last forty minutes. Yeah, where. You're frankly watching, going, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have given uh, Schrader more time to make this, because <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it was, like, it it was shelved without it being finished, and then because the reception for Exodus the beginning was so bad, yeah, um, that um, that Schrader went back to them and said, look. Just let me finish my movie. I be- I remember it being a big cause celebre on Ain't It Cool as yeah. well. That it's like, Paul Schrader had it taken away from him. How dare they? We need to get it. But it was kind of like the power of Harry Knowles at the time compelled well, them. Um, <laughs> William Peter Blatty as well is was, sorry, was friends with Paul Schrader. And he kind of helped petition saying, look, just let him finish his movie. Why not? You've already had one absolute disaster out of it. What's the point? Well, what's going to happen if there's two? <laughs> and the, the, the thing is, I mean, Exorcist the beginning, just like for a lot of it, just feels like a silly bobbins, harmless enough horror movie. Mm. The Dominion is almost worse in the fact that it is taking this way more sombre, solemn tone. But then, 
when you boil it down, it, it it is just okay. This priest has got guilt. Yeah. And this bold guy spends about half an hour at the end of the film chatting to him in a cave. Yeah. Whilst and, disappearing and then reappearing. And, and then and then reappearing. And it, I'll 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 be honest. I would much rather have the Bond girl from Goldeneye yep. say, "What? Um, oh God! What? What's the line about? Like you want to shove your rotten cock up a juicy ass? Yep. Which is just one. And but that weirdly feels more in keeping with the original Exorcist you know, in terms of what Pazuzu was up to. Well, that's it. The, than the fa- anything the that, that it's doing in Dominion. The fact that in Exorcist, the beginning, the the statue." that is in the underneath the church is the Pazuzu statue from the Exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. In Dominion, it's not, it's a different one. <laughs> mm. And it almost feels a little bit like like Schroeder had the opportunity to use the original statue and just went, no. And, and it's like, well why? It's here. It's there. I don't want to. And it just seems like there's a lot of I like Schrader, and we've covered an awful lot of Schrader on this podcast. Yeah, um, really have. But he is a bit of a he is a bit of a dick sometimes, and it's why he's had the weird career that he's had. Mm. Is that it, he has his moments? It just can you imagine Warner Brothers watching this cut and then seeing that dream sequence? Of like him with that like bandage wrapped all over his head in that kind of weird insane asylum looking bit. Yeah. Um, and just like, and you you know that he's going for the original, that he's trying to do that weird dream thing in the original. Um, and I, I yeah, I I don't know. It just. But it, it shows how sensibilities have moved on 30, 30 years later, where, you know, you don't necessarily want Exorcist the beginning, but you don't really want Dominion either, because you, you just be, you, you've got to be scarier. It can't just be a tale of Catholic guilt. But and does it not really be un, like unsettling? You can't get away with that. The thing, Exorcist Beginning does go too far in the other way. Like I say, I scored up exactly the same. By the time you've got Isabella Scorupio just running at Merrion at the end while he's reciting that stuff and then it just blasts her back, it yeah. is a little bit like, what am I watching? It, you know it, it what? does go a little bit So longer. was Exorcist 2. Yeah. But the, but the problem is with... Um... I think the problem is, like you said, the Exist the Beginning goes a little bit too bonkers. Um, because that cave that, that cave is the same length as the runway in Fast 7. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at, but at the same time, Dominion is just like, right, hang on a minute. It, it's you, you, You're talking about Catholic guilt in a cave in Africa where it's just... Where it, it looks a little bit too Indiana Jonesy, but and not like Indiana Jones, <laughs> yeah. like in Indiana Jones, like the fucking like the Mexican equivalent. <laughs> I mean, it, Indiana yeah, Smith, I mean, Indiana Jones and the Church Minnesota of Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
I, I, yeah, I don't know, because I mean, I'd, I'd seen them both once before, and I, I actually came out of this with more goodwill towards Exorcist the beginning than I ever remembered ha- having. Because it's it, darling. It, yeah, it, yeah, it is, and it's, it's full on. Yeah. And Dominion's got interesting ideas, you know, and it put it playing up the whole um, that Merrin's choice aspect more than Exorcist the beginning does. It's a choice. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, yeah, but it just, yeah, I don't know, and maybe it's because Dominion was kind of like may, maybe if it actually had the full shooting schedule. I don't know, maybe the CG hyenas would look better. And they are would... so you love the CG hyenas, didn't you, Vex? They were hilarious. <laughs> Every time they, they came on, just... <sighs> man. I mean, literally use a man in a dog suit before you use I, I genuinely awful. think at one, at one point one of those was a cat dressed up. Mm. <laughs> they look so clean and fluffy as well, though. Like, hyenas are mangy. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, two ticks, sorry. Uh, they're ordering a takeaway. That's weird. So are we tonight? <laughs> what are you getting? <laughs> Chinese. So are we. <laughs> <laughs> we got back too late last night to get a Chinese and I'm re- I've been really jonesing for one. So the Burger King that we had at a service station sufficed for dinner last night, didn't it? Because you were knackered when you got home. Mm. I stayed up and watched more Exorcist. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. So um, uh, oh, yes, yep, yep. I will take a fried rice. Sorry. Um, yes, please. Okay. Um, da, 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 da. So look, I mean, I I think both like both are failures. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I do like Stellan Skarsgård's portrayal of a young Father Merrin, though. I do yeah, think he good. does well with it. I do think in as both. well the fact that, that, that they are slightly different as well. Yeah. In both. It's not just the same character. No, it's not. It's the same character, but it's not exactly the same performance of the character. He's more tortured in Dominion, isn't he? Like, in Exorcist the Beginning, he is a bit like, yeah, I've lost my faith, and yeah, I would quite like to have sex with the Lady Doctor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, but it's just, yeah, whereas it, it's... It, he seems more... Weirdly, he seems more like he's he's dealing with his guilt in a different way in Exist the Beginning by, you know, drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Dominion, he just seems just broken down by mm-hmm. it all and just kind of wants to be left alone. Well, that's it. And like he's... Oh, sorry. Sorry, go um, the the stuff with the doctor as well. Like in beginning, he just seems quite horny for the doctor. We all were. Whereas in Dominion, mm. he seems like he he approached it in a different way. Like he likes her rather than he just wants to bang her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Exodus the beginning is definitely more shove rotten co- cock up juicy ass territory. <laughs> I mean, what a line! Just sorry, just what a line. Yeah. Just, and also, God, Exorcist Beginning, just a mention for Alan Ford, um, Bricktop from Snatch. Yeah. Um, just wonderful what the bloody hell is going on with that character. Just the moment that she wakes up from that dream and he's just lying down by her. It's, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's all for a jump scare, obviously, but 
he's he's putting in the work here. I feel like after Snatch, he got a few roles where he was just a little bit hot in Hollywood for like a year or two and made some good bank. And oh yeah, on he, you, yeah. He, he got those because of that. Yeah, without question. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that, that James Darcy um, and um, is it Gabriel Mann in the other one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I basically, they are so generic as humans that they could you could be mistaken for thinking that they're the same person. Sure. They are they are skin jobs without having any you know they're, they're skinny skin jobs. <laughs> Fair. Yep. Uh, our audience poll. Oh, as well. Also, right. Whenever there's the, whenever there's British, especially British army types in movies, you know they're gonna be bad dickheads. Oh, of you? course. I mean, obviously they're more bad dickheady in beginning than they uh, in Dominion than they are in beginning, are they? Yeah. But still not great. No, they're still not great. Still I, butterfly murderers. I, that did remind me. I did like how. You know, exit the beginning. You see the two kind of like sides start fighting each other, and then you just kind of forget about it. And the next you see him, it's right at the end where it's just everybody's dead, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) And and they just completely forget about that plot. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of an interesting aspect to it that you've got running through the whole thing is that. Like the tribal thing and the way that like this church is like feeding that tension. But that's I, a I good idea. That mm. feels I, like something that wouldn't happen in films now. Like that kind of B plot kind of it. That doesn't feel like. I mean, we'll talk about Sister Believer. There, there is no B plot to that film. Um, Barely an A plot. We will get to it soon. But yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It feels like, weirdly, Exorcist the Beginning, as a film, has more patience than a film made now. And back then, it was decried as, like, a heresy to the to the original. We'll get to Exorcist Believer very soon. Lord knows what we'll be thinking in 20 years. Well, well, like, I, mean, yeah. I, I also, in Exorcist the Beginning, I, I like the fact that throughout the movie, you've got Merrin just piecing together what's going on with that gravesite. Yeah. And it just mm. crops up like different moments to the point where it becomes an obsession that he needs to know what's going on. And then you find out it's literally nothing. It is literally, it was just to ward people off. Mm. Fake. Yeah. Fakery. Um... I mean, I think they're both... I think Dominion's shit. I hate to say it, I do think it's shit. Uh, I, I think beginning for me is teetering on Geostorm. Because <laughs> I do think it's shit, but I also did quite enjoy it. Yeah, look, both both shit, but for different reasons. What are you, Bex? I'm going to dual, dual rate them as both Geostorm because they feel like a, feel like a film school project. Fair play. I think um, that's interesting. Well, it's like Psycho, the remake of Psycho, feels like a film school project to me as well. Like, make this again, beat for beat, but yeah. new. Yeah, but but daft. Yeah. <laughs> make it again, same script, same things happen, pretty much exactly the same shot compositions and stuff, but, no, right, no, no. make it look 
make it silly within that same framework. The, the beauty, of, just very quickly though, the beauty of the remake of Psycho is the fact that, that they did the him putting on the, the makeup and the clothes in real time for what it would take in the scenes. So in Psycho, he goes off and he comes back fully late fucking kitted out. It's like, yeah, no, we didn't have that much yeah. time. But that's a, we'll, we'll cover that at some point. Um, <laughs> X is the beginning. Definitely not shit, 11%. Touching cloth, 44%. And shit, 33%. With Geostorm, 12%. Um, Dominion, definitely not shit, 17%. I admire all you people. Um, touching cloth, 33%. And shit, 50%. Well, Dominion's Blatty's preferred one, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't agree with them. <laughs> okay. Exorcist Believer is directed by... Oh, the Exorcist Believer, directed by David Gordon Green. Stars Leslie Odom Jr., Ellen Burstyn, and Dowd. Um, Norbert Leo Butts. Great name. Um, and uh, others. So... IMDb says, when two girls disappear into the woods and three days later, uh, and return three days later with no memory of what happened to them, the father of one girl seeks out Chris McNeil, who's been forever altered by what happened to her daughter 50 years ago. I mean, she gets fucking forever altered about five minutes into her appearance in this film as well, doesn't she? Mm. But, um, right, okay, Exorcist the Believer, I'm just going to start by saying this film is an absolute piece of dog shit. Um, I hated it and David Gordon Green has not been confirmed as director of Deceiver and Jason Blum needs to take it off of him Bex, thoughts? Do you know what? I came out thinking it's generic it's lazy and there's some some bits that are stupid and it's probably my second least favourite but upon reflection no, it's just a piece of shit. It's lazy, it's uninspired, it's badly acted, the exorcism is badly handled. It it's not it's not gory enough, it's not edgy enough, it's not anything enough, it's not trying to do anything, it's just it's just a real fucking lazy cash grab. And I hate it. And I hate David Gordon Green because of it and the trilogy of Halloween movies that he made. So, fuck that guy. Can I go? Yeah. David Gordon Green is a fucking coward, um, is what I would say for this. He, if he likes horror movies so much, come up with an original idea. If you can't come up with an original idea, don't then make sequels to existing uh, IPs that lack any originality at all. One of the beautiful things that I found about these exist sequels, prequels and bits, mm. is none of them feel like Halloween Part 5 or mm. Friday the 13th Part 3 or Nightmare on Elm Street fucking 4. None of them feel like just generic fucking horror franchise bits. They all feel a little bit within themselves, an oddity within themselves. Yeah. And I, that makes them more interesting than a lot of the the, the horror franchises mm. um, for that. The problem is, what David Gordon Green, who for some reason still, people still think he's like this auteur filmmaker, 
um, has done is made the most generic, fucking paper thin, dull as fuck sequel to a horror movie. This is a, a if you're going to make this movie, give it to a give it to a jobbing director. Give it to a new director. Give it to fucking anyone mm. but this fucking guy who has bored the life out of us for four movies running now without a single shred of originality no. at all. And I liked the third Halloween movie. The reason why I liked it is because it just felt like a Halloween fucking sequel. Mm. It felt like a generic movie. And I was kind of... I liked that about it. Mm. But... This is and it was a just, bit mad. This, this is just fucking crap. It's boring. Yeah. It's The Exorcism is just... It, it's a good, like, third of the, the last third of the movie, but it's crap. It's There's oh, it's no so originality bad. in it. The acting in it is... You know, I, they're, they're all trying. None of them, I don't think any of them are particularly bad actors. But what they're given a do is just nothingness. It's just... You had $30 million to make an Exorcist movie and this is what you churned out. So, I, Leslie Odom Jr. Is, is putting in a perfectly agreeable shift. Well, as a guy who looks like he's never looked after a child in his yeah. life. I don't I mean, buy yeah, him as that... a dad at all. Th- th- that's the I don't bit. buy him as that kid's dad. But the reason for that is there's no character development There's no character development at all. You don't get to spend uh, any time with them and believe their relationships. Like, I don't believe those two, two little girls as being friends. Before she goes missing. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's no character development on anybody no. whatsoever. And it's like, and in one of those scenes, he's ripping into her for going through her mum's stuff. Like you'd be sensitive oh, about that as the parent of a bereaved child. Yeah, you wouldn't just tell him off and take it off him. No, he, 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 so doesn't, no, come across, like, he doesn't come across. doesn't come across a dick. He comes across as a fairly a nice, a nice enough guy. He comes across as like the uncle who's taken her in at around that age because both the parents have died, which has been fine. Yeah. Yeah. But not somebody who's raised her for twelve years. Yeah. There's no, there's no character development of, of, of anybody. Those two girls who are apparently friends look like they have just met. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, it it feels like Gordon Green and the screenwriters watched The Exorcist on one point seven five speed and went, yeah. All right, I, I, I didn't watch and any of the other movies. No, and, and there's no excuse it, for that because me and Becky have watched them in a day. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean the thing is it's the fact that yeah this this one is weirdly boring with moments of just outright what are you doing so the way that Gordon Green obviously thinks it's incredibly smart that well, it's not just Catholicism here oh, it's, it's you, didn't you, you've, you you've just it, you've got to have faith. It's belie- like the bloody monologue that I, I think Burstyn has about like, it's people, it's belief in people. And that shot where they're all work- walking into the church and I oh, swear to God. God, I thought the Avengers theme was going to yeah, start yeah. playing. <laughs> um, Painful. And it, it's, and it just, it's the fact that it's obviously so satisfied 
that that it, it's doing that and like they were waiting for think pieces online about how this is the first post-religion exorcist film mm. and it's like nah mate because it's dumb it's yeah. like the Ellen Burstyn <laughs> saying he did it 20 years ago better good shout Ellen Burstyn saying you know I'm not an exorcist and then literally 10 minutes of screen time later basically going I'm out of a crack at this myself by just and saying trying to exercise her that's it's... it and then gets her ass kicked and the thing is it, that if it's going for a well it's not about Catholicism it's about just general faith and having like a multi-faith exorcism set up they're all doing shit until that priest comes in and then he gets his neck broken yeah. oh, oh, which 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 yeah. which nobody saw coming when he literally came out in his nice cardigan and went you know people on both sides get hurt here and you're going well he's clearly going to die isn't he <laughs> yeah. and then the end of the film the, the exorcism doesn't really work. Nope. They make the choice. Pazuzu tricks them, and then, um, uh, Pazuzu buggers off. Actually, no. And, and what what happens? Sorry, I just need to send another text message. Um, so, um, so, um, sorry. Uh, Chinese order 14, no, uh, fifteen to forty minutes away. Sorry. So, um, right. There is a crumb of hope here that I know this sounds daft, but I want to see if anybody else like wondered this. When they exercise them and then that steam comes out of their mouth, I can't even believe I'm saying this, and that steam <laughs> comes out of their mouths mm-hmm. or water or whatever the fuck it is, and then it goes outside and pours it down the drain, right? Yeah. I mean, there is a shot an overhead shot of that stuff getting poured down the drain. Is there any chance at all that that ta- whole town is going to get possessed by the water supply in the next one? Well, what's the next one called? Deceiver. Deceiver. Uh, is there any chance at all that something it could basically turn into invasion of the body snatchers? I mean, that would at least be... It... So you're saying that um, David Gregory's not been confirmed as... Apparently, he said, I read an interview with him yesterday where he uh, said he hasn't been confirmed. He wants to do them. He has the outlines, but he hasn't been confirmed. Has I the feel fucking like outlines. The, the guy don't write a fucking script. He just goes in with the fucking outlines. His outlines it, like, are Watch Exorcist 2 and Watch Exorcist 3. And then he's just going to do some lazy shit fucking sequel to both of them. No, he'll just do the same thing as he did with uh, the second Halloween movie, but with the Exorcist people. <laughs> yeah. What, angry, this... anti-walk shit? It just... I don't know. If it were to go in a completely different direction, which I feel like you'd, you'd kind of have to now, mm. then... then I, cool. I, I think that... I think the fact that it's been so badly received mm. will make David Gordon Green and his massive ego go, oh, I'm not going to do the next one. Mm. You know, people, I, didn't, I, I, people didn't get what I was going for. No, what you went for was shit, mate. Shit, mate. I wouldn't be surprised if a statement comes out saying that it's being taken off of the release schedule because they're going to retool it and they're just going to get a new creative team. But I think what they need to do, now Universal have paid $400 million... 
for the rights to the franchise. Yeah. They need to basically just pretend that this one never happened and just wait a few years and then go again. Like, it, who... This, this film got a C cinema score. It made less than $30 million in opening weekend. It is toast this weekend with the Sailor Swift concert film coming out. Um... It like no one likes this film. It seems no. like no, and th- th- that's my that's my David Gordon is a coward thing. He's he's doing horror because he knows he can do it on, on a small budget, and he's doing legacy horror because he thinks he's cracked the formula to just be able to have a hit while he comes up with an idea to actually make a different movie. Yeah, and I mean, look, I mean it. You you can see what's going to happen. It's like Linda Blair's going to come into the next one, and then she's going to be like that reveal at the end there. Like I actually thought Linda Blair might have gone. Do you know what? No, I'm just not going to be in one shot of this. No, but they've obviously said you'll be you'll be a starring role in the second one, and it 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 it's it's all so cynical. Yeah. It's the ideas that it got, it's got in it, feels entirely generated to provoke think pieces. And well, it, it, none of it's scary. None no, of it's scary. No, it, it's 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 the literal depth of not even a puddle. It's the depth of a little bit of water that drops off the bottom of your toothbrush. Yeah. yeah. Genuinely, I, I I will be staggered if I see a worse movie than this this year. Yeah, I, I'm pretty there. It's too. it. Uh. It's boring. It's so boring, and it's it's dumb, but in the worst kind of way. I like dumb movies. The fucking Exodus to the Heretic is dumb. At least it kind of seems to know it's dumb. Or it's too dumb to know that it's dumb. This is the worst kind of dumb in the fact that it thinks it's oh so smart. And it's just not. I, it just... I mean, apparently Ellen Burstyn has taken the pay... Like, essentially, they kept on offering her money. She was like, no, more, more, more. When she finally accepted it, she's just basically giving it to students to fund their scholarships in acting school. Yeah. Like um that is that is great, but I'm actually still kind of annoyed that she went, yeah, alright, I'll do this material. Like honestly, when she started trying to exercise the oh, girl, God, yeah. I, I I I it was one of like the lowest ebbs I have felt in the cinema in I don't know how long where it's just if it's it's actually offensive to me this film, that she's that that character's doing that given yeah. everything yeah if this film God could you imagine what William Friedkin would have made of this sorry yeah. that's it if this film would have come out would have been like the sequel to The Exorcist. And was like a historical film. It came out in 1978 and was the first sequel to The Exorcist. I think we will be talking about people we're talking about now as one of the worst sequels of all time to anything. It's just, it's. I, I am staggered that somebody managed to that they managed to 
think that the script to this movie and the story of this movie was at any point any good. I, I, I do think that... This, I think the same thing that happened with the Halloween movies mm. is David Gordon Green and the, the, and Scott Teams and Dan McBride, which is staggering that they were involved in it as well, it, it is they thought, we like horror. I bet we could make a better version of Halloween. And have pitched it and gone, we can do it, we, we do this, we do this. And then I've actually, and then someone's gone, yeah, fucking do it. And they've gone, all right, yeah. Shit. Shit. I, Has anyone but, got any actual ideas? The, 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 but, like, the first Halloween, very, like, Me Too influenced. And it's got some interest, like, the end of that, where it's the three generations of Strode who've trapped him down there. There's some, I, 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 Hey, I like that. Halloween Kills, the I and uh, the the mob mentality thing. There's an idea there, and it's different from the first. And the whole he feeds on the anger, and it makes him stronger. Element. There's there, there's something there with that film. I don't think it's perfect by any means, but it's going for something. Then Halloween ends, like you say, is just some sort of bizarro. Halloween 5-esque thing which has barely got anything to do with anything but they're just running with it. Like, 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 they, like they found an old script rather than writing yeah, a new yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. There's something to the David Gordon Green Halloween trilogy that I'm, I'm okay with. This, it's taking on even more of a classic horror film than, than Halloween is. Um... And is just and like I, like I was saying earlier on, he's like talking about like adapting it for modern audiences. It's like, okay, so you've done some faux intellectual stuff about like you know, you just need to believe in people. No, 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 you, no. What? That's that not what doesn't make about. any sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you know. Describe that to me, David. Describe to me what you mean by like, oh, it just takes belief in people because. By the end of this, belief in people has done nothing. Yeah. Someone has made a choice. Pazuzu has, or whoever, has tricked that person, released in bunny ears one of the girls. End of film. Mm. D- d- what, what, belief, what, has, what belief has actually saved anything in that scenario? It's it's actually a really depressing ending because the heroes didn't save the day. No one saved the day. Belief in people didn't actually save the day. Mm. And you you had... The the thing is, exorcisms in movies, with the exception probably of uh, The Exorcist, are usually pretty crap because it is somebody... Sat in a place, usually in a fucking chair. Tied. Tied to it, going, yeah, and then somebody shouting at them religious nonsense. Yeah. Uh, and this goes, I know we can make that more interesting. Oh, go on, go on, how? How about we just don't actually have any actual religion there? We just have people who have faith just saying words. Mm. Like literally, they are all around them in a circle, just spouting their own thing, and it, it yeah. is just like, well, just throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Mm. That's their approach to the exorcism. 
we're just going to try that. It is an awful, awful idea played out really badly. And the more I just think about it, it's just like the whole, the film's like theme of its belief in people is not proven by the events of the film. It's. Hey, listen to this. This is good. What? David Rooney of the Hollywood Reporter. Unlike Green's Halloween trilogy, which served up, served up diminishing returns with each new instalment, Believer condenses that downward trajectory into the first chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, there. If you are Universal, and you you're wanting to do another Exorcist movie, or a trilogy of Exorcist movies, mm. right? Do something with it. Yeah. Don't yeah. make... Do, the, the make an exorcist movie. Not like an exorcism movie. Make an exorcist movie. Use something that's within it. That's within the fabric of all these other movies there. To make something fucking interesting. Yeah, you and, could have found something. And um, that has a weight to it. Don't make, essentially... A schlocky by numbers. Release it, release it in October, and we'll make money. Mm. Well, I mean, look, because th- th- this is this is the thing. It's Universal bought this to make films, and like they want to do an Exorcist Halloween Horror Night thing. Mm. They want they want to exploit the IP, mm. you know, which is very depressing, but. And but such is the way of things. But the Exorcist, the Ex- Exorcist Free, and Dominion are films about something. Exorcist Two is batshit gonzo. What the hell? Exorcist: The Beginning is a weird mix between like Catholic guilt horror. And here's a bunch of silly shit. Enjoy. Not this. Is, not, not is kind of nihilism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This is the start of an already announced trilogy which heralds the continuing exploitation of the Exorcist IP. Mm. Yeah. It, and it, that's it, what it, this film is. Yeah, it's and cynical. It's... It, it, if you called this, if you'd called this something else, um, like fucking two friends going to the woods, they're going to be two friends going to the woods, you at no point would go, it's a bit like the exorcist that, isn't it? Yeah. There's, there's no fingerprint at all of the exorcist other than a piano version of the score and a font. Ellen Burstyn. And Ellen Burstyn. And a legacy character. Get that font at the end. Yeah, that's it. As well. A font, just... a character who, who literally has said she's only doing it for the money and a, 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 a fucking slowed down piano version of the score. Mm. Well fucking done. I bet, you, I, bet, I bet that took you all the time it took to take a piss to come up with. I, I really... The thing is, looking at how badly this one is done, mm. I really, really hope makes Blum and Universal just think, right, 
let's just slow it down. That didn't work. David Gordon Green, go make something that will hopefully get good reviews for you at Sundance again. Because, uh, it's, like, because it's been nearly, it's been like what, nearly 30 years since that happened for you. Yeah, it, it, yeah it, the, the guy's got an eclectic career. You know, I've, I think I've liked more of David Gordon Green's stuff than I haven't liked. This is just such the work of someone who just does not actually care about the material. It's like John Borman with Exorcist 2, except he's going, I want to make a trilogy, and actually it's about stuff. It's it, it, like like Halloween was about me too, and it wasn't really, it was just weirdly timed. And you also had Jamie Lee Curtis, who genuinely seemed to care about the material and was giving it her all there. Ellen Burstyn here has probably been asked to do exercise-related stuff for the last 50 years and has said no and has only done it now because she wants to help students. <laughs> Which I, like... The, 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 this film is offensive to me, but also, thankfully, I've, 10 years ago, it would have made my blood boil... Now it's just like it, you know, it's kind of the way of things. But we've got Killers of the Flower Moon and the Killer coming up in the next couple of weeks, so it's not all bad. That fuck this film, it unremittingly shit, just very very bleak. But also, I mean, like to be fair, The Exorcist was like the last one of the classics that hasn't had a remake I mean I don't know maybe Psycho but what in the last 10-15 years hasn't had a remake or reimagining at this point yeah The Exorcist was the one because it, we, but do you know why because it was it was too big to tackle it, it wasn't just it wasn't just a, like like, a, 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 like like Nightmare on Elm Street is a a horror fan favourite and it, you know it's a lot of like it's a fucking you watch it when you're a fucking teenager at a sleepover thing The Exorcist was a bigger thing The Exorcist is a classic yeah you know it, it, it's, it's one it of the it deserves more respect it, yeah it? it deserves more respect it's one of it's probably one of the 20th most important movies ever made mm. Mm. well the Believer, Ooh. definitely not shit 14%, Touching Cloth 14%, and shit 71%. <laughs> nice. I think people have been too generous there. Mm. Yeah, definitely shit. Yeah, hated it. And yeah, they're going to do some de-aged Maximum Sid out stuff in the next... Like, they, they, need to take, they need to take it off of them. Mm. The thing is, Ian, I've just looked here, and I do like more of David Gordon's Green movies than I don't like. Yeah, man. All the Real Girls is great. Never seen Um... I enjoy Pineapple Express. The Sitter's fantastic. Joe's very good. Stronger's decent. I don't think I've seen most of these. What the fuck's The Sitter? The Sitter's fucking brilliant. I haven't seen that. All right, it, the, the Sitter is genuinely brilliant. I think I've it has seen... one of the great Sam Rockwell performances in it. If we take out the Halloween movies, I've seen two. Which are Pineapple Express and Your Highness, both of which I don't like. like. Like straight up, like George Washington was like a really, really big deal on the indie scene back in the day, and so was um, so was all the real girls. Mm. You know, it like the I, dude I really had get, some cash cachet. 
I didn't get on with George Washington, but I really liked all the real girls. Yeah, same actually. But you know, like George Washington was huge. I think there's a criterion of it. Like it's one of the big indie movies of that moment. Undertow's um, quite good actually as well. That's that that's the thing. The guy puts his hand to this stuff, but now it just it kind of feels like he's getting some good money from Universal and Blum and he gets to write these things with his friends and but he doesn't you, have any know, ideas I did this is like you you want you're done surely with like young girl gets possessed mm. you cut you cut you need to do something weird like I say honestly pouring that stuff down that drain like, why would you focus on a shot of it going down the drain if you weren't leading to something with that? Yeah. And, like, it, it it would go down, like, poop in an elevator. But if the next one is just, like, the town start becoming possessed because they drank dank, possessed water... Yeah. I... I don't know. I'm kind. Of, I like. I would actually wouldn't mind seeing that film. Yeah, I'm but fine with I, that. I, I don't think we're going to get the chance. I think it gets taken off of him. Yeah, I think it definitely does. But I don't think he had an idea for it anyway. Questions. What was the last shot? Sorry, I'm the just, last like, shot of had, it was you had Reagan hugging Reagan Linda hugging. Blair. Yeah, that That was the last shot. I'm fairly certain it is. Yeah. Reagan hugging, hugging Linda back, you know what I meant. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. the last shot. Yeah, Twitter questions. Yep. Twitter questions, there we go. We have some. I'm sure we do. Saw them earlier. Um, <laughs> Berza, uh, which other film series should be given the competing Rennie Harlan and Paul Schrader prequels? I mean, I want to see Paul Schrader's version of Rennie Harlan's Mind Hunters, but I know that's not the question. Um, <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah, too right. Or, or the Johnny Knoxville, Jackie Chan film, Skip Trace. Let's get Paul Schrader's version of that. But uh, same people's... cast. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's a good question. This. It's a good question. Yeah. Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Scarface. You go in some directions. Yeah. The fucking Cuban years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is it? And they'll all be like the political angle of it from Schrader and I'll be there. Really hard and just be like, nah, he's just a prick. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dylan Black Lanterns. Based on Becky's Spiral Watch, what films have you seen by mistake? I was 45 <laughs> minutes into Jesse Eisenberg film, Zombieland, before questioning its lack of zombies and odd focus on theme parks. Turned out I rented Jesse Eisenberg's film, Adventureland. Adventureland, yeah, nice. I, I, I never have, I'll be honest, sorry, it's a boring answer, but like, I've never mistakenly put a film on. I, I, I have... Uh, I mistakenly, when uh, Old Boy came out, went to the cinema to see it. Mm. Um, I mistakenly got into it and I got was about ten minutes into it going, 
this don't look like what it, what it's supposed to be. Why is this guy jumping through a tire? And it turns out that I had mistakenly gone to see Ongbak instead. Oh. Yeah, but just oh, in so. my. In, I, I enjoyed the living shit out of it. It's a great film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I had thought that Ongbak must have been a in my youthful. Um, kind of naivety. Japanese. I, I thought that it, that maybe that was the um, Korean title of the movie. Yeah. And the translation translated to old boy because it had an O at the start of it <laughs> and a B in it, which I don't think is that bad. It's the same amount of letters. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, but I really enjoyed it. And then like two days later, I went to see old boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think we already know my answer, don't we? Yes. Rick Kidd, uh, what your... I think I get honourable mention for staying and watching it all, though, despite I think you do, yeah. being completely different. Uh, Rick Kidd, what is your favourite, least favourite movie, Priests? Favourite slash least favourite movie, Priests? Um, I mean, Russell Crowe in The Pope's Exorcist? Russell Crowe in The Pope's Exorcist, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about I Kick Ass for the Lord? Um... <laughs> Seeing uh, Brain Brain Dead, Peter Jackson's. Yes. I'm also going to take um, Leslie Nielsen's um, in uh, Repossessed. Solid choice. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Gabe Byrne in um, Stigmata. Yeah. <laughs> and Heath Ledger in his... Set. Heath Ledger in The Order. And who's the other guy in that? Incinerator with Bernie, him. Mark Addy. Yeah, Mark Addy. Oh, He's really great as the drunken Mark priest. Paul Bettany. Sorry. No. Oh, Paul Bettany in what's it? He's not really a priest. He's not really though, a priest, is he? no. But you could take He's him like in like monk. priest or legion that he made. Where he is a priest. No, but I like him when he's just fucking mad. Yeah. With his silliest. Worst, all the ones from uh, Spotlight. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They're not our faves. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would be mad. Uh, which film would be enhanced by one character casually being possessed by a little stinker of a demon at some point? Good question. Oh, man. These questions are too hard, guys. <laughs> That's a really good question. I wouldn't want it to be, like you said here, um, major or side, or maybe just in the background of a few shots. I want it to be like a like like a side character. Mm. Like somebody who's not even in it that much. Like, I can, like if uh, the Shermanator in American Pie was possessed by Pazuzu. <laughs> That'd be good. What's his that Galifianakis in, in the Hangover trilogy? <laughs> oh my god, I was just, that's what I was just saying. Did I not just say the hangover? Yeah. But I couldn't remember his fucking name. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'd say that. <laughs> you weren't going to say so... Zach Galifianakis though, were you? Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't remember his right. character's name. Out, really of weird, all, out of all of the characters in cinematic history to be possessed by a demon... We both picked Zach Galifianakis in the Hangover films. It's because we've been watching those blinking lights, Ian, and we're in sync. Oh, we're in sync, are we? Yeah, yeah. all right. Back in season. I don't like that, Becky. That's really weird. <laughs> Good reaction. What's going to win Best Picture, Oscar, and why? Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, or D, something else? 
Oppenheimer um, already uh, too powerful. Um, Poor Things uh, will get Emma Stone a second Oscar. Kills the Flower Moon is going to be nominated for a ton. Might not win any. Uh, Lily Gladstone has been put in for Best Actress, which I think is going to knock her out because I think Emma Stone is going to do it. Which I put think, her in Best Supporting Actress. I um, think. Um, I I I think it's going to. I think Oppenheimer is going to win. Picture, and I think Kelly uh, Murphy is going to win Actor. And I think Killers of the Flower Moon. I think Killers of the Flower Moon is going to win Director, Screenplay, and I think De Niro is going to be the best supporting. I think it's I, I I feel like it's gonna do an Irishman nominated for like ten wins none. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's maybe come out too early for, for it to win it. I, I And it's know. three and a half hours long and it's really heavy and it doesn't have the pop culture like if, if Francesca Scorsese wants to do more TikToks with her dad, I think it would actually help his Oscar campaign. And <laughs> yes, I know how depressing that sounds. Mm. Oh, that was that was. All I think Dungeons and Dragons is going to win it. I don't think it is, but I I, I hope it is for you, I'll say. Um, <laughs> I know I don't hope it wins. I uh, but great Oscars. selection of questions this week, guys. Yeah, really we always appreciate it, but yeah, a fantastic really selection there. Really enjoyed that. So, guys, really what the don't f- like. Fuck, are we watching Zach this week? I know it's weird, isn't it? How did we just both do that? I really don't like that. <laughs> it's just Mark it said side words? character. You said side character, and you said Shermanator, which was kind of making me think, yeah, okay, comedy, that's interesting. But there's still a lot of comedy side characters. Some daring brown shit, that was. Right. Oh, my God, Matthew Lillard in Scooby-Doo, though, as well. That would be good. I feel like that maybe happens oh, in that's one of the movies. <laughs> no, I'd want Scrappy-Doo to be fucking possessed by Pazuzu. No, I don't want him to have that much screen time. No one likes Scrappy-Doo. No one likes Scrappy-Doo. Seriously though, what are we watching? Next week? Yeah, because okay. the only thing that's out of the cinema is fucking Taylor Swift and we aren't seeing that. You can, Ian. I mean, if, if, if fucking Taylor Swift was out, I'd want to have <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Taylor Swift, a series of interviews with the men she left behind. I mean, that would be good. Um, I, just, I just thought I meant if, like a, more like a one night in Paris kind of thing. Yeah. Second mention of that film on the show. I don't even know what it is. Solid. It, it does what it says on the tin. Okay. I'll, I'll, um, I'll download it for you, Bex. I'm all right, thank you. Just can you download Trick or Treat for me instead? No. Anyway, go on, sorry, Ian. Yeah, if it wasn't three hours long, I'd be seeing the Taylor Swift film. As it is, I won't be. Um, oh, so that makes next me really week... sad for you. Oh, no, it's just too long. Nah, you're all right. Um, so, yeah couple of streaming releases next week i think uh which are actually already out on streaming now so yeah i was going to suggest fair play yep netflix uh fair play um i am already 10 minutes into it um interesting opening scene i'll leave it there um and then also on amazon prime uh totally killer yeah um and uh, you know we'll we'll catch up. Um, I've I've already got a couple of uh, what we've watched to do, and I'm sure I'll have some more over the next few weeks. Uh, over the next week, I I think that's it though. Um, of in terms of streaming stuff, yeah. And then we got Killers of the Flower Moon uh, week after, and then it's kind of like off to the races. So yeah, yeah. So 
that will do it. Um, I think my, my, the, the, the Chinese is imminent, so I think this has been fantastic timing. So yep. uh, I'm going to say thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, Becky. Thank you very much. And um, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. Jason, I'm, you know what you did. Just, just, just to say as well, I'm going to pre-warn everybody. There is going to be, there is going to be um, House of Usher talk next week. Oh, so. gosh, yeah. Oh, is that, that comes out? Is that, hang on, hang on, hang on. In like twelve hours or something. <laughs> okay, nice. Eleven hours, two minutes, and twenty-two seconds. And that's Flanagan's last Netflix project, I hear. It is. Yep. He then goes to Amazon. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, so he's just going to do his thing, but at Amazon instead. Right, okay. Yep. I thought maybe he was going to do films, but never mind. No, he's doing... He's doing it's, it's, uh, he basically has carte blanche to do what he wants. Doesn't need to be TV. Could be film or whatever. <laughs> he's got two films in the making, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, one of them is Stephen King thing, and I think that's a film. Yeah. Um, and he's still... But obviously, the strikes and stuff, so... The Shining Free, Shine On You Crazy Diamond. <laughs> what? He's got stuff. Yeah. But I think his next, his next thing he said is a film. Yeah. Nice. Alright, All right, yeah. yeah. Look Let's forward to watching the next week. <laughs> right. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye. 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 David God agreed to fucking coward. <laughs>